Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 69. Oh. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? What a sexual entrance this is. <laughs> mm. Episode 69, the one we've all been waiting for. Almost as big as 100. I'd say it's probably a little bigger than 100. Some would say it is bigger than 100. Others would say that we've recorded... 69 episodes prior to this and this is episode 70 so it's up for your debate what this really is right now but it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a great time we got a fourth person on the show too jerry Carabas. how are we doing today how are you guys doing i feel like it's but what episode was i was i on episode 10 yeah it was episode 10 yep yeah, it was just that was around a year ago that makes sense i'm actually you know what i gotta talk to you guys about steve winning that award i feel like it was kind of bullshit I feel like Steve probably made a bunch of burner accounts and voted for himself. Like, there's no way I lost that. It was close. I, I can neither confirm nor deny the burner accounts. Yeah, he definitely made burners. That's something that he would do. But it was close. Yeah, we, uh, we heard on, on Section 10 that you were a little bit disappointed about that. So this is, this is your redemption episode. So yeah. I mean, 2022, new slate. I don't even think it was disappointment. It was just more like I'm skeptical. Like I feel okay. like th- like that's something that he would do. He probably made like a bunch of different accounts and voted for himself. I didn't vote for myself. I I, I think I voted for you voted for complete. I think yeah, I voted, you voted for Steve. Steve. Steve I voted for Steve. Say yeah. Voted for himself. So <laughs> you might have actually been the deciding vote. Yeah, that is something that I would do, and that is something that he would do. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, no, I'm disappointed, but I'm here for redemption. So okay, we'll get an audit on that. Um, mm-hmm. there were there were hundreds of thousands of votes so it was, it was hard to count through all of them but um bunch of, bunch of ballots coming in the middle of the night mm-hmm. i demand a recount actually is what i'm here for stop we'll the, the count yeah mm-hmm. we'll get the spreadsheet on that we'll get the guy Thank uh you. the fourth guy behind the scenes guy just want justice that's all all right that's fair enough um how's how's your off season been we haven't we haven't talked in a while i think last time we really talked to you was when we went to the game at fenway yeah um there was there's a lot that's happened since then there is a lot that's happened since then. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really done much. Um, I'm going to Arizona in a couple of weeks because Kevin Poecki is having a golf tournament. Um, so I don't I don't golf. I actually don't even really like golf. So I'm going to just be driving around in the cart. It's going to be me, Poecki, and Shane Bieber. That's our cart. And then I know Benintendi's going. I know Pedroia's going. Um, Bobby Dahlbeck, I think is in the same position as me. I think he's going, but not playing. Um, so it'll be cool to get out there and see those guys. I haven't seen them obviously since the season ended. Uh, but yeah, I, that, that'll be like the, probably the first time that I leave Saugus since the season ended. I, I really don't do much in the off season. I just kind of sit here and watch horror movies every night. Who's the, who's the leader in the clubhouse to win that tournament? Honestly, Beebs is really good. Um, I, cause I, I booked the flight today, so I'm go- I'm getting there on Thursday. I think the tourney's on Saturday, and we made like dinner reservations for Friday night. And I invited Poleki to come and bring his wife on Friday night, and he was golfing, so he Facetimed me instead of texting back. And he was already out there golfing with Beebs, and he's just like walking around, being like uh michael conforto was out there playing golf i was like i've never met michael conforto before so it'd be cool to see like who's out there but i did 
I didn't play, but I did see Shane Bieber golf. Um, when we shot that documentary, when we went out there and whatever it was like November, 2020, uh, we documented the whole day that he won the Cy Young award. So we like went out, did the same thing. Just like, you know, they played golf, like Dallas was out there golfing. I think Dallas was like, Dallas drove and hit from like the fairway. And then I, I potted once he got to the green. So we were a two man team. Uh, but Biebs is Biebs is nice. Biebs got a nice little stroke. What's um What's strongest part of your game? Chipping, putting, driving, or your irons? Definitely short game. Yeah, okay. um, I'm an ambidextrous putter. So if it's if it's a long putt, I putt lefty, and if it's if it's like close enough, then I'll go righty. Um, but I was on the golf team in high school. I think I never I've never used a driver before. I drive with a three wood. Uh, and I'll use like the three wood or irons on the fairway. And then once I get to, once I get to the green, it's all over. So. You two played golf in high school. Right? I know. Classic. Yeah. 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 I wasn't too bad. I was on the golf team. I didn't play much, but I was on the team. I was, I think I was number three at one point. I made my uh, way up team? the rankings. I shot um, my most embarrassing moment. Probably all of high school was going out my first match my coach being like, all right, nine holes going to need like a 45 out of you. And I think I shot like a 60. I put the first three in the water. It was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Golf is very frustrating. It's just not my game. It's not my game. Never will be. Definitely we not played, as busy uh, as my, my senior match. Well, quick story. My senior match was in like a hurricane. And I don't know why. They didn't postpone it. So they just let us go. Now, on the ninth hole, uh, it kind of like went down. It was a par three. And then the clubhouse was at the end. So we're all sitting in the clubhouse and this big ass tree just falls right in the middle of the fairway. They're playing as lies. That they did. Just hit over <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a hazard. You got to play it. Yeah. Gonna roll with the punches, just like this lockout. Yes. Just gonna roll with it. Did you uh, see that we had uh, Jake on last week? I listened to it. Uh, I don't know if I made it all the way to the end. I probably, I think I made it. What was the last question that you asked him? Oh, Clawson, you asked that. For um, hot take. Hot oh take. yeah, hot take. Okay, so I think I made it basically to like the last question. So I heard, I heard ninety five percent of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to talk to Jake. It's a good kid. Jake's he's great. Good. Yeah, we were talking about how uh, he's closer in age to us than he is to you guys. Yeah, that was I never really thought about that until you guys brought that up, and I was like, huh. That is that is interesting. We're we're like the old guys now. It's very strange, very strange dynamic that we're the old guys. Um, but yeah, no, Jake's been great. We kind of like Coley found him. I don't know how. I think he was like making music videos for someone that Coley knew or something like that. Um, but yeah, he's been great. He he just dove headfirst right in. It helped that he was a listener, so he kind of like knew like the tone of the show. Um, he's very hands on, which obviously like that's perfect. That you know when you're sitting there doing four hour shows and we need quote cards, it's like it's better to be sitting in on the show and listening to it uh, than to have to go back and listen to it later. So yeah, no, Jake's been awesome. Yeah. And we, we asked him like, you know, you mentioned the four hour episode. Yeah. We were kind of asking him like, you know, what's, what's a time where you're like, guys, we got to wrap this up. Like how, how long do you think you could go? Like, <laughs> I, I think, I think Coley, I forget where he was going or what he was doing, but Coley was like, do you want to break the record for the longest podcast <laughs> ever? And it's over 24 hours. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, it would be cool, but for what is there, there has to be some sort of incentive other than saying we recorded the longest podcast episode ever. Cause I feel like the second that we do it, 
then some other podcast would hear about it and then just break it. So you don't even get to really say that you recorded the longest podcast episode ever for very long. Um, but yeah, I don't anticipate the episodes being much longer than four hours. I think that that was the longest one in, in the history of the show. I think we've been for the off season, we've been right around like three hours, which is, uh, still pretty meaty, but I mean, they don't feel like it when we're doing it. So I guess like, that's the fun part. Far from a clean 40. Far from a clean 40. Yeah. I don't think we've ever done a clean 40 before. Hey, Never. Steve was calling for it. Didn't quite work out. Yeah, Steve's rolling in his grave right now, seeing all these four-hour <laughs> episodes. I think our first couple were like 35. Like we were rolling a, a quick 40 for the first couple. And then I think we we started getting away from the bad jokes. Well, no, we just also else. didn't know what to say at any given point ever. We just were like waiting for somebody else to say something and then we'd fill it with nonsense yeah that's usually how it goes i mean like i said we we did an episode we had the tim wakefield interview was in there that was probably what like 40 minutes and then we still did another two hours and 20 minutes on spiders and uh uh the the bee community with wasps and hornets and and how the parents of wasps need to be better (laughs) Yeah, honestly, wasps wasps are wasps are, are terrible. Constantly pissed off, always staying you. I mean, yeah. honestly, what what is a positive aspect of a wasp? Does there it even one. yeah? Does it even make honey? I don't think it does. No, they don't. They kill bees. Like they're they're counterproductive to honey making. They're just they're assholes and they're they're murderous lunatics. Is a wasp the worst animal you can think of? Like I can't think or like most pointless. mosquitoes are worse. Yeah, mosquitoes, like mosquitoes do nothing but, they, but bad. They're on the food chain though. Yeah, like spiders eat them, but do we really need spiders? Like, what do spiders do that that helps me out? They eat mosquitoes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to catch yeah, twenty-two, however, it really one. is. If you could get rid of both, I mean, I figure, I figure I'd, you probably cool want to just that. get rid of both. I think you get rid of one, you get rid of the other. No, spiders would still be chilling. I don't know what they would eat. They would probably just eat us. So maybe like mosquitoes are what keep spiders from eating humans. Yeah, I've been painting the spiders as the good guys in this situation all yeah. my life, but now I might have to second guess myself. Yeah, I mean, like Spider-Man, good guy. Like he saves people. Is there like a superhero that's based on a mosquito? I, I bet there probably is, but he probably sucks. No, he, if he didn't suck, I'm sure we'd know about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he was a good guy saving people, we'd know about it. And if he was a notable superhero, we would be like, yeah, there's fucking Skeeterman. Like, we don't know that. Like that guy is not a, a notable name. Physically and literally sucks. What? Yes, exactly. How I'm trying to think why these these creators of these characters didn't come up with like better names. Like like we're talking about a spider. There's also Ant Man. Like we couldn't have thrown better animals in there for the names. I mean, uh, Wolverine is pretty dope. Well, that Wolverine's a good one. I mean, Spider Man just made like four billion dollars at the movie theater. So well, and you I mean, and you're on this podcast. So I don't know if you're really in a position <laughs> to be to be making fun of other people's decisions. No, I'm just saying it's obviously very, very successful, but you know, we couldn't go with like, like cheetah men. Like, I feel like that would be cool. Black Panther. There you go. Uh, these are just a ridiculous amount of free ads, by the way. True. I haven't seen the new Spider-Man. I, I want to do though. I'm a big Spider-Man guy. I just like Toby Maguire was my Spider-Man. And then uh, the third one was terrible like laugh out loud, terrible. And then it just kind of fell off. So I don't know. I just, 
I want it. Maybe it, maybe that's what I'll do to, to round out my off season is kind of go through all the, the comic book movies. It's a good idea. Do you have a yeah, favorite, rock. like favorite bad movie? Favorite bad movie. Um, man. Um, I don't know that it's a bad movie, but I feel like it doesn't get enough. Love is hot rod. Hot rod hot is one good. of the, it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life, but no one puts it in the same category as like super bad and like super troopers and old school and movies like that. Like, I don't know why. I mean, maybe I, I don't have an explanation for that, but hot rod is an all time funny movie that does not get the credit or the love that it deserves. I mean, that's fair. Would you, would we like to go around the circle and talk about our favorite bad movies? Well, I know what your favorite bad movie is. It movie is. It's an easy one for me. It's Weekend yeah. at Bernie's one and two. Well, those are good movies. I thought you were going to say Fever Pitch. No, we we've been talking. Yes. No, I was just going to say we've been talking a lot about Fever Pitch, Jared. What's what's your take on Fever Pitch? So I don't know why Fever Pitch gets the hate that it does. Um, actually, you know what? I do understand it a little bit. Like. It's a movie about the Red Sox and a Red Sox fan. And if you're not a Red Sox fan, then obviously you're not going to like it because you hate the Red Sox or whatever. So it's not for you. And then if you're like this, like die, he likes the Yankees in real life and he's playing a Red Sox fan. And it's like, I mean, I like the movie. I'm not afraid to say that I like the movie. Um, could they have done better casting yeah like could they have called me yeah like could drew barrymore have been played by like scarlett johansson and would have been believable that i could date a girl like scarlett johansson absolutely but at the end of the day they casted who they did and it's still a good movie could it have been better for sure i mean it, it's a it's a movie for sure it's a movie it's a good take steve and there's a, and there, steve. there's some shortcomings to say the least what do you like about it that just is I mean, the production value doesn't really hold up. Have you seen it within the last 10 years, Steve? No, but I have a great memory. <laughs> have you? Wait, you're talking about... No, I have not. That's why I, I remember it not being great. I think I was in third grade when I saw it. Um, Steve, I feel like it's tough for you to comment on the production value if you haven't... When you, do you, if you do watch you not think I've at least like, Google searched Fever Pitch during any of the 17 episodes where Clausen has brought it up? I mean, I, I I haven't even seen like a movie clip from it. And I think it's it's worth a rewatch. Oh, it's, it's worth a rewatch. And I don't like I'm trying to think of like like there's some bad acting in it for sure. But overall, I think it's an enjoyable movie. I think it's enjoyable for me because at the time, like I'm watching this movie and like some of the people that are in it just kind of in like the background, I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Like, and I know that girl uh, like the girl that like got her stomach stapled. Like I know her, like I, she, she was in, um, they came out with a documentary, um, about the 2003 Boston Red Sox. And it was called like, still, we believe something like the Red Sox story or whatever. And it followed her and her friend around and they're both season ticket holders in the bleachers. And I used to work at Bob's, the shoe store, uh, like around like 2005 ish, maybe. 
Uh, and then they came in and they were like buying like Red Sox gear. And I like went up to them like they were celebrities because they were in this like Red Sox documentary and we became friends. And then she was basically like an extra that got a speaking part in Fever Pitch. So there's a bunch of like kind of supplemental characters in that movie where I'm like, yeah, like that's that's cool. Like we know these people. You also, had Jimmy Fallon. It's a thumbs down for me. Yeah. In general or just for the movie? In general. I just don't like him. Yeah, don't like his fake laugh and his stupid face. It's a bit harsh now. Yeah, I guess. I think he deserves it. Jimmy Fallon, he'll never hear that. He'll be okay in his mansion. <laughs> I think it, like that, it would have been funnier. So like Jimmy Fallon on Saturday Night Live played a character that was a Red Sox fan. And he would just like yell Noma and all that shit. <laughs> and it would have been so much better if he, if it was like kind of how like they did Wayne's world, like based on like SNL characters, if they did a movie about the SNL character, it would have been funnier, I think, but they didn't like Ben Reitman is not the SNL character, like the obsessive Red Sox fan from, from SNL. He's, he doesn't even sound like he's from Boston. And there's a fine line there because, you know, the departed and the town, like there's so many Boston movies where people try to have a Boston accent and it's so bad that you would, it's almost like the departed would have been better if they just didn't try to do the Boston accent. Like that's how like bad it is. And almost like takes away from the movie if you're from Boston. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I, if the movie fever pitch would have been better or worse if Jimmy Fallon tried to do like his SNL character instead of Ben Reitman. I mean, to your point, there is there is some amount of degeneracy behind most Red Sox fans. And they kind of just completely skipped over that with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't remember. Is he like not from there originally or something? He's like a, he like was like a transplant as a kid. And that's and like his uncle was the reason why he liked the Red Sox. So, yeah, I don't know. There's some, there's a bunch of stuff yeah. there. But when I was in high school, everyone would compare me to the fever pitch guy. And I would say this guy doesn't have shit on me like that i would like he they we would draw these comparisons i'd be like i do this this and this and then like he kind of just does this and i have this and he's like all right so like i i uh at first maybe had a rivalry with the movie fever pitch because people would compare me to him and i was like i'm a bigger red sox fan than that guy he's from new york the character or jimmy fallon from brooklyn jimmy fallon yeah yeah he's yeah. a yankee fan the the question I have about Fever Pitch is how did they film that scene with Johnny Damon? Like, did they, were they just like, hey, Johnny, like, we need you to come over to the ballpark real quick and, like, film something? Or was that, like, edited? Like, that scene to me is is wild. Uh, so I have, like, vague, vague memories of being at Fenway um, during games where, like, they would put it on the big board where it's like, they're they're filming a scene from fever pitch right now like i think like when she runs on the field from when she like jumps off like the center field wall which you would die by the way like that's a pretty high <laughs> it's wall. a big fall um yeah i don't recommend jumping off that wall at all but i want to say i was there when they filmed that so they scene. did it during a game like i think they, so they just like two Unless minutes I'm like just like making shit up in my mind i'm pretty sure that some of those ballpark scenes were filmed during actual games. Wow. I mean, I, it, I guess it have to be because I mean, 
either that or they did a really good job editing everybody into the stands and like making it look believable. But I guess that makes sense. But that that's I'm shocked that the Red Sox would let them do that. Like, well, I mean, they definitely I think they, they definitely had some sort of partnership deal, whatever, because like Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore really did run on the field when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Like, I remember uh, when the Red Sox won, they're, they're doing this dog pile, and then the Fox camera just cuts to Jimmy Fallon, like, celebrating and, like, kissing Drew Barrymore. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What is that all about? And they were filming the scene. Like, they really filmed that scene during the World Series celebration. And I was like, you guys could have faked this Hollywood, this somehow. Like, why the fuck are they on the field? But, uh yeah, like I, that's why I think like I'm I'm pretty sure I remember being at Fenway and they filmed that scene where she runs on the field at like a game in like July or like August or something. Yeah, I'm like I'm reading something right now about just real life versus the movie. And the first thing they mentioned is how the walls 25 feet high, essentially. And that, <laughs> that is not OK to jump off of. Yeah. And then I guess it's based on a memoir about how the guy who write it was an Arsenal fan from London and he like was an obsessed Arsenal fan. And then he wrote that idea of an obsessed fan about their socks. So the more you know, I did know I that I did know that, that it was originally about Arsenal. I did know that because my, when I was in high school, my psychology teacher was a Yankee fan and an Arsenal fan. So he was like, Oh yeah. Didn't you know the fever pitch was actually about Arsenal? And like, shut the fuck up. Good guy. Good guy. But he was like, I was always the hero of that class because he is a diehard Yankee fan. And I was obviously everyone knew I was the Red Sox guy. So anytime that we would have that class and we would have a test that day, or like there was like a lecture about something that we didn't really care about. I would just get him going on Red Sox Yankees and he couldn't help himself, but to just go back and forth with me for 40 minutes and then the bell ring and be like, Oh, we got day got away from us again. And we'll pick this up tomorrow. And that was it. Like every time without fail. Speaking of Red Sox Yankees, how did you experience that wildcard game this year? I was at the gambling cave. So I, I wish I, I wanted to be there, uh, but we were at the gambling cave for that in New Jersey. And then I went to the division series against Tampa. I was at those two home games. And then the night that they clinched, um, I was there with my mom and like security is like super cool. Like they, they were like kicking everyone out, but they like, let me stay. So I was down by the Red Sox dugout and the park was closed essentially to like the players and their families and whatever. Um, so I was just kind of like chilling down by the dugout and uh, Garrett Richards went and like got me a beer. <laughs> and uh, so like, there's like a bunch of dudes that they were just like taking turns. Like they would like do their interviews on the field and then they would go down to the clubhouse. And like when they, uh, as they were going down to the clubhouse, they like, I pretty much got to talk to everyone. Um, and they all kind of said the same thing. Like the guys that were on the 18 team, uh, that were still on the team last year, they were like, it was way louder during that wild card game than at any point in 2018. They're like we won the world series in 2018, but that wild card game was way crazier, way more energetic, way louder than at any point in the 2018 season. So uh, I'm jealous of everyone who got to be there. Um, 
I mean, I knew it was going to be loud and, and rowdy, but I didn't think it was going to be like an all-time crowd that I missed out on. So that's like the biggest FOMO I think I've ever experienced as a Red Sox fan. Yeah, no, I think we were we were at a, a exec, right? When Yeah, we were in a meeting. Yeah, we were at our fraternity's executive board meeting because at the time me and Gardy were on it and Clausen is now on it. And we kept like, whenever anything would happen, we obviously would react a little bit. Everybody else in the room like didn't give a fuck about the game. So people were not happy with us. Yeah, we, yeah we, we went back to your place and then watched the rest of it. And that was fun. That was where we, the, we were back at that. We were back at your place when um, Judge got thrown out at home. Yeah. That was electric. Arguably the best moment of the playoffs. I think the better moment for me, I mean, I was, I was going to that meeting to go meet them and I was like probably 30 minutes late. Cause I was watching the game. And when I was walking down, like I had the game in my ear and when Bogarts hit that Homer off of Garrett Cole, I've never heard the crowd that loud. Mm. That was ridiculous. Yeah. That is like, it sucks for you guys, like having obligations during these playoff games. Like <laughs> I, but I've been there, man. Like I, in 2004, uh, game five, like they, when I was in high school, they made it some, some rule that in order to complete uh, graduation, you had to do X amount of hours of community service. So for game five of the ALCS against the Yankees, uh, I think like the first like two, three innings, I had to watch it at, um, I was at like the senior center, like volunteering or something like that. And I was like, I don't care about anything that's going on here right now. I was like, I was ducking out in like some, some old people room watching the game on a TV. And, and then like in 2013, I was in night school for college. So like the classes were six to 10 PM. And at the time I wasn't at barstool yet but I had my own blog and I was doing TV hits for NECN. Like I was like on TV breaking down the Red Sox games. And so like, I would tell my professor like, Hey, uh, the Red Sox are in the world series right now. And I am going to be on TV tomorrow morning talking about it. So like, I can't exactly be in your classroom. Like I can't have them ask me a question about something that happened in the first inning. And the answer be, I don't know, because I was in, you know, statistics class. Like, I'm sorry. So I was like, if you want to like dock me points, like go right ahead, but I'm just letting you know, like, I'm not going to be here and here's why. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, Steve, you can probably answer this question better, but your freshman year, cause you're Steve's a senior and Klaus and I are juniors, your freshman year, the Red Sox and the Patriots won the world series Were professors like strict about the parades at all going to that. Or how was, how was that? Yeah, I mean, more or less, they were just like, you can go. And a lot of the way it works is like, if I don't know if your classes are similar to mine, but there's usually like two unexcused absences that you can use for any class. And then like, you won't get docked points. But then if you miss like more than that, you get docked like a full letter grade. So I think I just used, uh, I just used one of those. But then when the Patriots won the Super Bowl while I was still in high school, I was on the track team. And the track coach said that if you go to the parade, then you get kicked off the team. But me and a bunch of other people on the team were like, if we all go, then there's not going to be a track team for her to, to coach. Therefore, she's out of a job. So let's just all go. So then we just all went and nothing happened. Yeah, I, was, I remember it was, brilliant. It, was this, it was the same deal because I had a bunch of friends on the baseball team. Senior high school, I, I never went to school for that first half. 
because they gave us excuses to go visit colleges. Uh-huh. Um, and then like there was one day me and my me and my buddy went down. I was going to interview at some school. I interviewed for probably 20 minutes and then we spent the rest of the day in Providence. Um, and then like obviously the parades. So like I just go to the parades. At one point, my mom was like, kid, you got to go to school. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, like it, when the parades were going on, um, I had a bunch of buddies on like the baseball team and it was same deal, you know, new coach. He was like, yeah, if you guys go, you're not playing. I was like, sorry guys. Like I'm not playing baseball anymore. So I'm going to this parade. Total opposite when I, well, I mean, I guess it's a little bit different when the Red Sox won in 2004. So like opening day, was it, I can't remember if it was the parade. I think it, I think it was uh, opening day, like the ring ceremony. Um, so to opening day, 2005, they were doing the ring ceremony for 2004 and we had, we didn't have a game. We had practice and my coach was just like, listen, like, if you want to be at practice today, you're a loser. Like go watch that. Like it's history, like make sure that you're paying attention. Um, so yeah, he was cool about that. The Oh four parade. I want to say it was on a weekend. Like, I don't remember having to skip school for that. And if I did, I mean, like I got away with so much shit in high school because I was just such a psychopath about all this. Um, I remember, uh, it was my sophomore year of high school. And by then I had already established myself as like the psycho Red Sox guy. Like I wore a Red Sox shirt every single day. And, um, like that was like a known thing. Like no one that I went to high school with would say that they were surprised that like, I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Cause I was like this then. Um, so they were doing the trophy tour and they brought the Red Sox World Series trophy to my high school in the auditorium. And then they put it on the stage and they would call down classrooms and you would like go up the right side of the stage. You would take like a picture with it, like the whole class together, like no one got an individual picture. And then you would exit the left and then everyone would go back to class and they would just keep rotating uh, classes through there. And um, so I had this teacher, Mrs. Ordway. And I mean, she knew the deal. Like I was obsessed and crazy about the Red Sox. So our class went down there. We went up on stage and we took the picture, exited stage left. And then I kind of just did like a loop and then sat down in one of the seats, like in the front row and just like in front of the trophy. And then like the class was starting to leave and go back. And then I forget who it was, but there was some snitch that was like, why does Jared get to stay? And she was like, leave him alone. Like this is his time. And then just took the whole class back and I got to stay with the trophy. <laughs> so, and then my buddy, uh, he, uh, he's just as crazy about the red, <coughs> at least back then. Uh, he was just as crazy about the Red Sox. Uh, he tried to do the same thing. Uh, just like stay there and, and duck class. And then he ended up gotten, he got written up and had to do like an in-house suspension for it. So I was like, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Were you guys like that in high school? Everybody knew. I had like two friends that were just as big of Red Sox fans as I am. And then naturally I had to find two more when I went to college. Um, but everybody knew that like we really liked the Red Sox. And then we'd even like sit around with like at, at lunch and just like quote section 10 all the time too. So everybody, everybody knew that baseball was like our thing. What's funny is that, well, for you guys, you're in Massachusetts. I was in Connecticut. So it was just like, 
a total mix. I, I would say it was like 70% Yankees fans. You know, you got your Mets fans and then, you know, a sprinkling of Red Sox fans. Uh, I was definitely the biggest Red Sox fan in my school. And um, I remember my senior year when they started to get on, on the roll and go through the playoffs. I remember some, somebody came up to me after class and they were like, yo, this kid was like talking shit about you, about like how annoying of a Red Sox fan you are. And I was like, good, like fuck the Yankees, like get out of here. So um, I was definitely known as that. And I remember, I remember touring Providence college actually. And they had a radio station there. And that was the first time I was like, holy shit. Like I could actually, cause they were like, yeah, if you're a student, you can just like sign up for a show. I was like, holy shit. Like I could just sign up and like, just like have a Red Sox show. I was like, that would be perfect. Um, so yeah, I feel like I was, I was definitely, definitely a little crazy too. I was not like that. I was pretty, uh, not well known in high school, like outside of the people I graduated with, you drop my name to be like, who the hell is that kid? Uh, times have changed, but yeah, no, people, times have changed. people are fucking cool now. So yeah, no, literally the thing about Clausen is when I met him as a sophomore and he was a freshman, I mean, he, he's a cool kid now, and we even talk about this today, but he was a nerd when I met him <laughs> freshman. Like, I had these thick glasses. I was probably like 40 pounds lighter than I am now. Just didn't know how to talk to people. I was I was kind of a freak. Yeah, but now Clausen is uh, significantly cooler and more fun to be around. <laughs> I make some strides. You, you went from Alex, from being Alex to being Clausen. No, I mean, that was kind of like senior year of high school. Like people just, because there was like six Alexes in my grade. Like people didn't know me. So they weren't like, I wasn't the Alex. You know what I mean? You didn't get the right to have just Alex as your Exactly. Yeah. You Nobody's going to call me my full name. So it was just Clausen. And it stuck. Who's the cooler Alex? Alex Clausen or Alex Cora? Definitely Alex Cora. Alex Cora. It's a terrible question. <laughs> Ridiculous. I love Alex Cora so much. How can you not? Alex Cora's the man. He really is. He's just like the coolest guy ever. Uh, talking to him today, I forget about what. There's the Bengals. <laughs> Who? Um, oh, yeah, you watch the games, right? I did. Yeah. People, people are like, "Why are you tweeting about football?" I'm like, I don't get, I don't get paid to talk about football, so I don't like people don't follow me for my football takes. But you could not tweet about those games. Those games oh. were nuts. Like, normally I don't tweet about them because I'm like, yeah, that's not why people follow me. And, like, I definitely – like, I used to tweet a decent amount about the Patriots. And then after discovering that, like, there are a lot of, like, Red Sox fans that hate the Patriots. So, it's like, all right, I want to maintain my baseball audience here by not pissing them off by tweeting about the Patriots because they would be like, yeah, like, I'm a, I'm a Red Sox Steelers fan. And they would just get pissed at me and, like, unfollow me because I was tweeting about the Patriots. I'm like, this is just not worth it. So I'm just going to shut up during football season. Yeah, like, Gardy's a, uh, a Red Sox fan, but he's a New Jersey Devils hockey fan for some reason. Yeah. Well, I like all the other Boston teams. It's just the Devils. Just the Devils. I've seen some of that, too. Like, I've seen, like – Yankees, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins. And I'm like, what? What? That's weird. Yeah. I gr- see that a lot. Like, I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm a Patriots fan. Like, no, you're not. Like, you don't you don't get to do that. My my grandpa's Red Sox, New York Giants, which I've never understood. That's the makes only sense member of my family who's like that. Because back in the day, so like my dad used to be the same way. Cause I guess like uh, a long time ago, 
in the Boston area, they didn't broadcast the Patriots. They broadcast the New York Giants. So like if you grew up around here, you could only watch the Giants. And then uh, after a certain amount, I don't know when it changed, but then like you could watch the Patriots while you were actually in Boston. But that used to be like there's a lot of older like Boston sports fans that are New York Giants fans. It's very strange. The Patriots also used to suck. Yeah, Yeah. big time. 20 years ago, that team was garbage. The Patriots were like a signature away from also moving to Hartford, which I recently learned because one of my friend's dad's uh, bought season ticket, like Kraft announced that, or I don't remember if it was Kraft or like. I think it was. Was it Kraft that they were moving to Hartford? took over the team and was going to book them to Hartford. Yeah, and so my friend's dad bought like tentative season tickets for them in Hartford. And then last second, uh, they were like, all right, Boston was like, all right, we'll build you a new stadium. And he never got his money back from the, like the down payment he put down on those. Yeah. He paid for a dynasty. Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's where Tom Brady's money came from. So, yeah. And he's actually a giants fan now too. So it all worked out. There you go. Yeah. He still got his two rings. So let's loop back to uh, fever pitch for a second, but not specifically oh, fever pitch. Not specifically yeah, fever pitch. Oh my god! No, I'm just saying that we might as well ask what Jared's favorite baseball movie is right now because we already talked about fever pitch. So now the whole bit is like separated. Um, favorite baseball movie is Space Jam. Okay. I don't remember any baseball in that one. No, Space Jordan, Jam, Jordan's on the White Sox minor league affiliate during that. Yeah. Space Jam is a movie about a baseball player who gets abducted by aliens to play basketball and then gets returned to a baseball field to resume playing baseball. It's a baseball movie. It's a baseball movie. Right. Haven't heard That's, that one yet. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the first person we've heard say that. Well, I mean, it's just a fact. They don't want us to know that. They don't want us to put two and two together that Space Jam is a baseball movie. It's marketed as a basketball movie, but that's just incorrect. Well, that's why they put LeBron in it now. I mean, new owner of the Red Sox. Right. Trying to grow viewership in both areas. Yeah. Huge Cleveland Indians fan. I remember him screaming from one of his like uh, private suites that he had during the 2016 playoffs. Uh, and then he part owner of the Boston Red Sox. He's a big baseball guy. He's also a big, big Yankees guy, too. I feel like he's. He's probably, you could probably find a picture of him with like almost any baseball hat on. I feel like. Yeah. He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. He's a, he's like Drake. (laughs) Well, we've had that conversation before, but like baseball hats for being a fan and baseball hats for style. It's like White Sox, Yankee fan or hats aren't essentially just for baseball fans. Well, you remember when we talked with Lars Anderson when he was out in Australia and he was saying how, he would see guys out there with Red Sox hats and Yankees hats, and they would have not a clue, like, what the team was, what what any of it meant. It was, like, purely a fashion statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when it happened to Manny. That's why. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that video. Yeah. Psychos. Lars Anderson is quite the guy. Yeah, he's tapped. He's good. <laughs> he's good, though. I like him a lot. He's an EDM artist now. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Is, he, is I know. He, I think he he calls it house music. DJ Lars. His, his, yeah. his, his name, name is Larza. 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 I've I've mentioned this a bunch of times throughout the years, 
<clears throat> but I think it was 2009. I want to say I went to a, a saber meeting in Boston. They like invited me there. I don't even remember what we talked about or why I was there. Um, but one of the hottest takes I've ever heard, one of the, the members went up there and he I said, like I know uh, where this is going. <laughs> he said that, uh, Lars Anderson is the next Ted Williams. <laughs> that was a, that was a Maybe, real thing that was said. Was he talking about like, kind of like in the EDH, like the house music and yeah, the house music game the, or the Ted Williams of EDM. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. People, people forget that Ted Williams was bumping the house music while he was flying those planes in world war two. He loved it. He loved it. And that's what kept him going all those years. That was his walk-up music. Yeah. There's no footage of it, but just trust me. What do you think? What do you think if, if Babe Ruth, could uh, pick a song from like today as a walk-up song. What do you think he's going with? I killed my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fraud. Yeah. Something about killing his wife. Probably like that, down. that song Kim by Eminem. Yeah. That's what he was you know that song, Clausen? Eminem's got some, He's he's got some great ones and he's got some he's got weird some, ones. He's got some dark music. Yeah. Stan is another one that Stan, stands like weirdly catchy. That's yeah. the thing is like, you're like bumping it and you're like, wow, I probably shouldn't be like dancing to this song, but you know, I think it's crazy that like you guys, like those are, those are like old school classics to you. I remember when that album came out and I looked at the back of the CD and I saw the track was called Kim. And I was like, awesome. Like, that's really cool. You wrote a song about his wife. Like it must be like, a love song and then i played it and was mortified i mean i don't know how old i was i was probably what like nine or ten years old i couldn't have been it had to be between the ages of like nine and twelve maybe and i got that album and that was my first thought was like oh he wrote a song about his wife there's this about not just about killing her he kills her in the song like you can hear her die (laughs) there's this one song i I like the classic Eminem songs. I think we can all agree. You know, he's got, he's got his good stuff, but like the last couple years stuff that's come out is just horrible. But I remember listening actually to his last album that came out uh, when I was driving to winter weekend. Uh, it was, it would have been what? Yeah. 2020. And there's this one song on there called stepdad. Same thing. Just like, I was like, who, who proved this? Who proved yeah. this? It's like as as someone who grew up on Eminem and I mean, like getting his albums when they came out like that type of deal. um, It's very similar to like having like being a fan of a baseball player Mm -hmm. and, and seeing their career during their prime years. And then they've signed like it's almost like if you were like a big Chris Davis fan or something like that. It's like you saw him mash 50 homers like this guy's the man. And then you kind of just see it play out the way that it did. And you're like, oh, man, like I got to like, yeah, these these kids are never going to appreciate how good he really was back in the day. And this is this is the Chris Davis that they that they get and they get to see now. Um, and, And it's not that Eminem is that bad, but that's how I feel is like I want to get excited about his new music. But I feel like I haven't truly enjoyed an Eminem album in over 10 years that's a that's I mean, a there's an era for it 
there's an era for it. Like now rap music is the furthest thing from Eminem. Yeah. There's um there's the album. I think it came out in like 2013 with Marshall Mathers LP. It's got like Monster on it. Berserk was on it. That was like his last good album. It's been a while. It's certainly been a minute. Yeah. I'm still rooting for him though. I, oh, th- yeah. That's the thing about Eminem is he is talented enough to where it wouldn't surprise me at all if he put out an album this year and it was just like, oh shit, like this is great. He's boomer bust. He's boomer yeah. bust. Yeah. He's boomer bust. Who's um who's like the biggest musical like musical artist you've met anybody really cool who you were like oh shit like this is kind of crazy um probably but like uh, i don't know who the fuck have i met i just like i don't my brain doesn't register famous people unless like i actually care about them so like i probably i probably have met like super famous like musical artists and it just like does it like if i don't really care then i'm not going to remember that great like i met waka flock of flame he's the fucking man uh that dude like we would be friends if he wasn't super famous and he cared about making new friends i feel like we would be friends have Um, you seen i think it's him the video of at his concert with like the sign language interpreter yeah where he's just like going crazy with her yeah love that video yeah, he's great. Uh, I met him a couple times. Who the fuck else have I met? I feel it's just all a blur. Like the Barstool years now, like because if if I met someone like that, it was probably in the off season, and like my brain just doesn't compute things in the off season. Or it was the Super Bowl. Um, like during, when we went down and traveled to like Atlanta, and we went to um, Miami. Like I we interviewed like Doctor Oz. Like that dude's super famous, and I just wasn't even mentally present during that at all. Like he was talking about that was like right before Corona really exploded, and this dude's talking about like how Corona it's coming, and like you know we're gonna have a mask shortage because of how big this is gonna be. And I'm like, shut up, dude! Like no one cares. Like I, <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to go back to the hotel and get in the jacuzzi on my roof. He's super and, famous, but he's not the right kind of famous. Famous yeah. for the wrong reasons. He's like. He's like, there's like that group of uh, daytime television people who are like famous for their job, but they're like, shouldn't be like Judge Judy. All right, don't speak ill on Judge Judy. Watch your mouth. Come on. Watch your mouth. You're a big Judge Judy guy? Big time. I don't hate her. I'm just saying. 4 p.m. on CBS? No, I mean, I'm not not saying it's a terrible show. I'm just saying like, how how was Judge Judy the one who got the primetime law job? She's electric. Yeah, you ever watched it? She is. I've also learned over the past two weeks that Alex Clausen is a huge cable TV guy. Huge. Yeah, we, we've been talking a lot about Jeopardy. In fa- yeah, I, you, I love Jeopardy. Jerry, you watch Jeopardy, watch Jeopardy, Jeopardy. I don't watch TV at all. I just like people. People think that like I'm joking or exaggerating, but uh, I mean during baseball season, all I watch is baseball, and then in the off season, <clears throat> there there are several nights where I'll come back. Like my routine is usually like I'll work during the day, go to the gym at four. Uh, some weeknights I'll go to my parents for dinner and then come home. And a lot of times I'll just sit on my couch and the TV won't even be on. I'll just sit there and either like put music on or I bought this or actually no Santa got me um, a, a fountain that lights up and I'll just put the Like I do shit that hardcore stoners do, but I'm not a stoner. It's very strange. Like I, 
I have like all these like LED lights and fountains and all this shit, like super hippie stuff, but I'm like, I don't really smoke weed. So, um, that's like, that's what I do. I'm not really a big TV watcher. Yeah. We have a list of things on, uh, like a sheet right here that we're all looking at for ideas to talk about things mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. And they're just like football jeopardy, like random shit like that. And then I had to put a note at the bottom that says, Jared doesn't watch anything that isn't baseball. FYI. It's true. It's, true. <laughs> it's hundred percent true. I mean, I, I do watch horror movies like as often as I can find one. Cause now I think after last off season, I watched one pretty much every single night and it was awesome. And then this off season, I'm finding that like the, the past year, they haven't added many uh, to like Amazon prime or Netflix or wherever else. Like Hulu, Hulu doesn't even really have movies. <coughs> um, it's just like life is scary now. Now it's just like in the last two years, like I feel like, I feel like scary movies don't hit the same way they used to. Really yeah, I'm just like a weirdo though. Yeah. Like I don't I don't watch horror movies for like the scare. It's almost like if you if you are afraid of scary movies, then you have to watch the the key to watching a scary movie is to root for the bad guy. Like if you're rooting for the killer, then it's an action feel good film. It's like he did it. He fucking killed everybody. Shit, great and point. It, and then it can be sad at the end if they if they kill the killer. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. Like he he tried his best and he, you know, he got some kills in there. But at the end, you know, you're playing Grand Theft Auto, everyone dies at the end, and then you gotta give up the sticks. Are you like a cheesy horror horror movie guy, or are you like the the really well produced ones? All of it. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I tweeted the other night, I watched what was it, like the fucking killer couch or some shit. <laughs> Yeah, like I'll take watch. me through that. Like it's just like a couch with a knife. Like you sit on it and just no, stabs you. No, he. You got to watch it. It's okay. on Amazon Prime, I think, and it is a movie about a killer couch. And <laughs> I mean, there's what was the other one? It was there was the killer couch, and then it was a movie about um, like a Christmas shark. <laughs> Sharknado. No, it wasn't Sharknado. Oh man, I forget. I forget what it was, but it was. I didn't watch that one, but yeah, there's some really there's some really shitty horror movies out there, but it's it's worth it for the entertainment value. What's your favorite one? Uh, Halloween's my favorite franchise. I actually just got that movie poster. I put it in my hallway, so like when you walk in, like that's like the first thing you see is like a giant Halloween movie poster. Just sets the tone. Like if you walk yeah. in my apartment, you know what you're gonna get. So. I watch a lot of horror movies. I like I like Halloween. I like Saw a lot, but they've gotten they've fallen way off. Yeah. Since like even like Saw Three, and I also like uh, Freddy versus Jason as like a cheesy yeah. one that I like a lot. I don't that even think cool. that was cheesy. That was a good movie. I was at, so I was gonna tweet about Freddy versus Jason like last week. Like I was gonna tweet, what's the one movie? that deserved a sequel and never got it. And why is it Freddy versus Jason? They did a great movie. Fantastic movie. Very the well the done. The ending is wide open for another movie. You can just, just go right in on it. But you don't much. The, the literal, like they left the ending wide open for that movie came out in 2003. I remember like, this is how crazy I am. So 
uh, in preparation for Freddy versus Jason, I watched every single, and like, this was probably before, I mean, like the internet was obviously a thing in 2003, but there weren't like crazy websites like there is now. Um, I went back and watched every Friday the 13th and every nightmare on Elm street. And I kept a notebook and I kept a tally of their kill totals. And then when I went to watch Freddy vs. Jason in the theater, I brought my notebook with me to keep a tally on the updated kill total for both of them. That's how fucking weird I am. So that movie definitely deserved a sequel. I thought it was great. And they just never did. They've left it alone for almost 20 years now. Who do you think would win in a fight? Uh, Leatherface, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, or Jason Voorhees? Who would win in a fight? Um, Michael Myers is too slow. Um, Obviously. Leatherface is the most human out of them. So I feel like as scary as he is, you could definitely kill him. I don't know yet that you can kill Michael Myers. You definitely can't kill Jason. Like Jason, I feel like Jason would win just because I feel like he, he actually can't die. Yeah. Like it's a maybe for Michael, definitely for Leatherface. Then who is the other one? Kruger. Freddy's already dead. Yeah. But if you pull him out of the dream world, then you can kill him. So I don't know. I feel like Freddy, Freddy and Jason probably have the best odds, but I would still go Jason. Yeah. I'd probably go Jason too. He's also like eight feet tall. Yeah. He's huge. Weird mom. Yeah. That was, that was tough. Do you guys know what we're talking about right now? Not a clue. The only horror movie that I'll watch consistently is The Shining, and that's an investment. That's I, like, I need an entire evening for that. I've seen The Conjuring, all of, all three of them. Those were good. But beyond that, what I saw one. Oh, uh, have you seen Creep 1 and 2? I'm not. It's I have. On, it's on Netflix. Did you like that? I, I watched it with all my roommates. It was a very split decision on whether we liked it or not. I, I thought it was good. I liked it for what it was. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have like <clears throat> huge expectations for it, it's pretty good. It's and if you go it. into it, not really knowing what it's about, it's, it's better. It, it is good. Yeah. It is good. Um, swinging it just about as far away as, as horror movies as we can get a little bit t- more towards baseball. Um, I saw, I don't even know. You tweeted out like today, yesterday. I don't remember, but uh, you want to get up to the Cape this summer. Yeah. Cape league. Yeah. So I've, you, you've I've never, never been, been. I got, I got yelled at people were like, how have you, people were mad that I'd never been in the Cape league and people were mad that I had never even been to the Cape before. And then I kind of got to the bottom of it. And, um, I guess if you, if you grew up in the North shore, those families vacation in Maine and New Hampshire. And if you grew up in the South shore, then those families vacation in the Cape, I grew up in the North shore. So we used to go to Lake Winnipesaukee and Newfound Lake, and uh, we would go to York Beach up in Maine. Um, so yeah, those were all like the the family summer vacation spots when I was a kid. And I've said this a bunch of times, but like none of my friends give a shit about baseball. Like the friends that I grew up with were all hockey fans, and then as they got older, they still like hockey, but then they became like golf fans. So. Um, I didn't have that best friend that was like, dude, we should go to the Cape one summer and check out the Cape league. It just, I didn't have that person. Um, and then like last summer we were, we were trying to plan a trip, me and Dallas to go there. 
and then it just didn't work out. So for whatever reason, I, I haven't been to the Cape and I haven't seen a Cape League game. It's very sad. Cape League's sweet. I got to say, that's one thing. Um, I've, I've always loved the Cape League. It's a good spot. Free games, um, elite talent. I mean, I, I had a shirt actually as a kid. It was like, uh, it was all the Red Sox alumni who were in the Cape League. Like there are so many, so many good players who go through there. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the cool part of it is that the people that, I mean, when I sent that tweet out, so many responses from people that love, um, the Cape league and like, Oh yeah. If like you, if you go keep your program because you, you never know like what players are going to make it to the big league someday. And it's cool to look back and, and see who made it. Um, and like the, everyone there is just super passionate about it. They're like, yeah, it's like this mm-hmm. hidden gem and, um, the, the host families and just the people that work. Cause it's like a, they don't charge money to go to the games, right? It's all, no, nah, it's, it's all free. free. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they ask for donations, which yeah. normally like, I feel like you should give to, cause it's, it's literally highway robbery, what you're getting, but right. Yeah. It's, you can just walk in there, you know, bring a lawn chair. Like it is the ultimate like American baseball experience. I don't know why they don't charge money. I feel like they could definitely make money by doing it. Oh, make totally. a lot of money. Totally. Yeah. We, I mean, we see the effects of it. Um, we had this one guy, Chris Troy, who is, um, he's a pitcher. I guess he'll probably pitch for like single A next year. Um, he was drafted last year. Great guy. And uh, he was, he pitched, I don't remember what team in the Cape League, but his host mom, whenever we like post, we posted like clips with him or do stuff like that. She's always, always interacting with, with stuff too. Like it's, it's such a huge community. I am very excited to go. And I think what I'm probably going to end up doing is planning far enough ahead that I can organize some sort of like, not like a meet and greet, but like, Hey, this is the week that I'm going to be in the Cape and then just get like a bunch of like section 10 fans to go. And like, we can just make like a big thing out of it. I think it'd be cool. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. Be sick. Speaking of section 10, uh, I saw that list you put out a couple of like guests that you want to have on there. So I mean, is there anyone not on that list that you really want on the show or so many people like I, I feel like I didn't even scratch the surface of all the people that I actually want on there. I think what happened was I started the list as a tweet and then I didn't finish the tweet. So I had it saved in my drafts and then I was reading my draft, but it was an unfinished draft. So that wasn't like a completed list of people. Um, I really want to interview Stephen King. I don't want to talk to him about his books or the movies that came from his books. I don't want none of that. I mean, I'm sure it's fascinating, but I'm sure that it's just stuff that he doesn't, he doesn't do interviews. Um, But I do know a little birdie told me that uh, in 2019, when the Lowell spinners did my bobblehead night, they, uh, they have like this glass case of all the bobbleheads that they make for the, the promos that they do. And I think Stephen King's bobblehead night was the week after mine. And so my bobblehead was already in the case. And then he did his bobblehead night. And then when they went to go put his in the case, he said, I put mine next to Carabas. He's like, I want mine next to his. And I was like, that's cool. That's fucking wild. Like he doesn't follow me on Twitter. Like we've never interacted. We've never spoken. We've never met. So I don't know how to get in touch with him. He's got millions of followers. He's always like tweeting about politics and shit. So like his, his, 
mentions are probably a dumpster fire. I don't even think it's something where I could tweet at them and be like, Hey, come on the show. Um, but at some point I would love to just talk to him about the Red Sox and just keep it, keep it baseball and, and see where it goes. Um, Clemens is doable. He, he said, yes, we just haven't lined that one up yet. And I don't know how that's going to go after the hall of fame. Cause I, I'm not, I was pretty sure he was going to get in, but now yeah. I'm not so sure. I don't think he's going to make the cut, which sucks. Um, Lil Wayne. We've been talking yeah. about that one. That would be Wayne, awesome. That would be good. Uh, Manunos obviously should mm-hmm. be on the list. We've been, we had that one almost happened. <clears throat> I don't know what, I don't know what got in the way of that, but it was opening day 2019. It was the ring ceremony. And she was supposed to come into the office that day and we were supposed to interview her in person. And then it just something happened. Some came up and it never happened. And then there was never a, a rebook. So I don't know who else, who else should we get? No more. No Mars one. He follows me on Twitter, but he doesn't tweet. Hmm. And I think he's, I think he knows of me because um, like Jerry Harrison Jr. does the the Dodgers broadcast. Mm-hmm. And anytime that I'm like upstairs watching like Dodger games, like I'll text Jerry and be like, tell Nomar he looks fucking handsome tonight. Like tell him, tell him the hair is still, still rocking. And so he'll pass those messages along. Um, but yeah, the Nomar one would be incredible. It's just, he's out in LA and yeah. he's kind of off the grid. Like I don't, I don't have like a direct contact with him. So gotcha. What about um really hears from him? Like I haven't yeah. heard Nomar's name in a while. Like, no, yeah. you never see him, you never he hear was, about him. He was at one of the LA games, I think, a couple of weeks ago. One of the LA football team games. Thought I'm not sure though. I but the thing about Nomar <clears throat> is that like he's my guy. Like I love Nomar so much that I almost, I haven't gone full board in my pursuit of getting him on because I think the rejection would crush me. Like I, I, I feel like if I, if I, cause I, I could very easily text Jerry and be like, Hey, ask Delmar if he wants to come on the podcast. And if he said, no, I would, I'd be crushed. I don't think I would ever recover from that. So it's almost like, I don't, yeah, I don't even want to know. I, I feel that way with, with things too it's like you're like all right it's just i i'm probably better off just not knowing what what the deal is yeah ignorance is bliss yeah a good point so i don't know maybe i'll muster up the courage this year to to ask if he's interested but um that's about as close as it gets like lou merloni obviously i would imagine still has his number i could ask lou um but i don't know i would just I, i i would fear the rejection so much yeah, for us it's still a numbers game. We just cast a wide net. Sometimes, sometimes we'll catch some fish of mm-hmm. varying sizes, bigger or smaller. Uh, on the episode where you uh, mentioned the Steve Award the other day, Pat Light did not remember who we are. We have sent Pat Light DMs in the past. Pat Light has not responded to us. So well, he's a liar. Pat Light is a—he's an alcoholic and he makes shit up. So Grubbo won't even show up on time either. Nope. Doesn't show up on time. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's gone poorly so far for that. Not good. Not good. Yeah, my, my friend was one of those voicemails on, uh, on the voicemail episode. He said, uh, don't you, Pat Light shouldn't be sorry for missing half of the episode 
Patlet should be sorry for being on half of the episode. <laughs> that Poor was Pat. brutal. Yeah. <clears throat> I would say he's trying hard, but I don't believe that. <laughs> Poor Pat. Poor Pat. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the Hall of Fame, yeah, when this comes out, obviously it'll people will know when. Congratulations when... to David Ortiz. Woo! First ballot Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, we all knew he would be first ballot. Um, pretty cool that he gets to go in by himself. That'll be uh, that'll be fun to just have a poppy speech and then no one else gets to talk. Uh, very excited for that. So, you know, sucks that Barry didn't get in. Sucks that Clemens didn't get in. Uh, but poppy deserves his entire indu- induction ceremony to be solo. So he's the GOAT. Are you... Go ahead. I was going to say, you going up to Cooperstown for that? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'd love to... He's it's crazy because he is essentially an A-list celebrity, but at the same time, getting to know him is still so down to earth, just like a regular dude. Like he remembers Bryn, like he'll go up and say hi to Bryn. Um, Like I've said it before, but like anytime that he walks into a a room and he remembers my name, it blows my mind every single time. Like that he knows what my name is. Um. But yeah, I, I would love to be able to do an interview with him in Cooperstown after he gets inducted. But I'm sure, especially if he really is the only person that gets inducted, that the media requests are going to be out the ass. But who knows? I mean, like, again, like I'm he might want to do something with us or with me or whatever. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to assume that um, I can hope for it, though. And I can ask. We'll yeah. See. Have you been in touch with him a lot lately? Like, yeah, I, I know with uh, the well, what's call it call him Poppy. There hasn't been an episode in a while, but you guys still talk pretty frequently. Yeah. So season one was only supposed to be eight episodes. So Edelman was the finale for season one. And then <clears throat> we uh, we shot <coughs> two. Yeah, we shot two episodes for season two so far. Um, I don't know like what's going to happen with that show because I still don't have a fucking contract. <laughs> so it's, it's a weird spot where um, I don't have a contract, but I'm still kind of working, I guess. Like we're still putting out section 10 episodes. We're not doing starting nine. Cause Dallas doesn't have a contract. And with Poppy, we've shot some episodes while I was not under contract. So um, I, I can say season two is being, worked on will it be finished i i don't know i hope so i think it would be a a huge waste if we you know shot these episodes and they didn't get to come out but um yeah we shot one like two weeks ago yeah like two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and then i think he was up in boston uh last week and now he's down in the dominican hopefully waiting for the call from cooperstown (laughs) that's uh what do you think his speech is going to be like? I think it's going to be like the best speech Cooperstown's ever heard. I think he's okay. just going to go on for 45 minutes. Three quarters of it's just going to be him talking about, you know, Pedro and Manny and, you know, just nonsense. I mean, when you listen to him on Fox, like he's, he's a little bit inaudible sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll call him and be like, let me write that for you. Like I, I, I saw it all. I saw yeah. the whole career. I know who you want to thank. I know. What you calling you, Steve? Yeah. He, he heard us talking. <laughs> he did. Yeah, it I is think, uh, uh, the subline. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Never mind. 
it's going to be an epic speech though. I'm excited for it, but I mean, if he is the only dude, then who cares how long the speech goes for? Let him go for an hour. If he wants, if he wants an hour to talk, go right ahead. Have you been up to Cooperstown before? Yeah, I've been there a bunch. Yeah. Um, I haven't been there. I'll say like the last time I went there had to have been like 2014, I think. I, I can't remember if I've been there more recently than that. Maybe. But that's the last time that I remember was 2014 because we did a road trip to Pittsburgh because we wanted to see the major league debut of Rusne Castillo. How the fuck could you miss that? So on the way to Pittsburgh, we hit Cooperstown and we did the hall of fame and they had like the, like every time that there's a world series champion, they open up an exhibit for the entire year of the world series. So we saw like the 2013 world series exhibit. Um, and then we got there in time to, to see the debut of uh, the wonder of Worcester, the pride of Pawtucket, Rusne Castillo. How, how proud are you that you can say you, you were there? Cause that's super prestigious that there weren't a ton of us. But the people that were there, obviously, that's something that you're never going to forget, something that you're going to tell your kids about someday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I still have the ticket stub somewhere. I don't know what it's worth, but it's priceless to me. So I would never even consider selling it. But I mean, if I went on eBay right now, could I get a few hundred thousand for it? Maybe. But that's just not enough. On the low end, yeah. yeah. I'm sure if you asked the, the mayor of Pawtucket to trade it for the key to the city, I'm sure he'd give it to you. He might. He might. Um but again, he was probably there. He was probably there. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, they probably put, you know, whatever it is, like 1,500 tickets aside for, you know, the important people that that knew that they had to be there. I, unfortunately, was not one of those people. I had to pay for my ticket, but um, I was happy to do it. I was happy to be there. One of the one of the people in attendance to see history. He just signed a contract with the Nationals. The Nats, yeah. Yeah. Minor league deal. Mm-hmm. He's back. Big He's back. back. I didn't realize it's been since 2016 that – he last played for the Red Sox. I don't know I why didn't I th- realized that he played in 16. I don't know why I thought he like maybe played a handful of games in 17, maybe even 18. I don't know why my brain was thinking that, but no, the only I thing I remember that. about his career is like one of the times that he forgot how many outs there were. Oh yeah. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. He loved it. Amen. He's back. He's back. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Rusne makes me think of Franchi. Um, he's ripping it Franchi up. Franchi makes you think of Rusne. Yeah. That's a good point. They're pretty much the same guy. Just in, like, what Franchi is to Worcester, Rusne was to Pawtucket. I think. Down the road. If we're lucky as a fan base. If we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to compare the two, you know. Rusne Castillo was like basically Jesus Christ for the city of Pawtucket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Franchi's on his way. Well on his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a disciple. Certainly is. Yeah. Jared, I, I got a question for you. Sure. Have you um have you sparked your summer celebration yet? Is this a uh this is an ad read? It's po- po- it's possible. Okay. Have I sparked my summer celebration yet? Yeah. Uh in January? It's never too late to spark it. Never too early, I guess. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I guess we're I guess we're looking ahead at this point now. We're at the midway point now. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, no, I don't believe I have. Okay. Clawson, have you sparked your summer celebration yet? I definitely certain most certainly have not. I also don't okay. go to the grocery store anymore. Do you, Jared? No, I uh I get meal prep 
uh, mailed to me and I, I just put it in my freezer. Smart. Class, class going to grocery store is a hassle. It is. What do you, what do you use for that then? No free. Me? Well, no, yeah. no, no free ads except for the, the one ad that, that we do have. Okay. Right. For us, I use Instacart. If you didn't know, Instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient you need to make your famous dish while washing the socks, or you're like Jared Carapas and you also don't like going to the grocery store. Order through Instacart. With delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. You can shop multiple stores, see details in your area. They'll help you save money, and every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the most specific needs. They always handle with care to make sure everything gets to you in one piece. And I'm sure the offer is different, but spark your summer celebration anyway. Uh, it's probably something like 30 uh, free delivery on order over $35, supporting Gone Bridge. Boom. Please, last time it was spend $50 or more, get $20 off or something. I don't know. It's... Click the link in our show notes. Be the first person to do that. And, uh... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You're peeling back the oh, curtain. Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. Oh, wait. Hold on. Give, give uh, the people some incentive. Uh, offer this week is uh, use code meals 10 us to get $10 off ready to eat meals of 35 plus dollars delivered from your local grocery stores. Sounds like meal prep. I think I know a guy who does that. There you go. Yeah. We, uh, we got some, so Jared, we, we got this, this uh, guy, his name's Matt. Okay. Um, he sends us questions every week and they're great. They're the most random things ever. Okay. They range from literally anything you can think of. So yeah, we used uh, to do uh, ask on bridge <laughs> and then slowly, but surely the only person that kept sending us questions was Matt. So okay. we, we renamed the segment to questions from Matt. Got it. I love that. Yeah. So uh, Matt sent us some questions today, except DMS have been really weird. I don't know why it's not loading. Um, Hold on one second. What the hell? There's been some great ones from Matt. There's been some not so great ones. We've told him that, you know, nobody bets a thousand. He it's like not, it's like 900. He does well. Yeah, he does well. Um, first, <laughs> 900. first question. Uh, what's the farthest you've ever gone on vacation? I went to Florida one time. That was cool. That's oh, yeah. like straight down the uh the east coast going to cancun for spring break i hope i don't die uh, <laughs> i hope that too steve yeah don't drink the water that has to be the i mean like i don't, I don't really i don't really go on vacations <clears throat> i think the last time i went on vacation was i went to disney in 2006 that might have been the farthest that i've gone for vacation or like i guess yeah yeah, or traveled. Uh, I mean, San Diego's got to be the yeah. farthest, right? Because it's yeah. like right near Mexico. I'd say so. Right? That's far. Clausen? Uh, I went to Italy once, but Andrew and I were in Chirac, which definitely is <laughs> it's a it's a magical place. What the hell is that? Chicago. Ah, we were in a we were actually in a, a Boston based facility over there restaurant boston themed boston themed boston themed restaurant but was not serving food at the time huh it's cool though they they had a bunch of pedro stuff on the wall yeah it was it was a good time home away from home 
It was, uh, what was it called? Triple E Tap. There you go. Love that. Great place. Yeah. There you go. Shout out Steve. Shout out Steve. The owner's name was Steve. Yeah. It was not the owner. You're Still right. don't know who that guy was. He was a great guy, though. He's a great guy. He played Dirty Water at midnight. So, I mean, I don't know how much better you can get than that. That was, that was great. Uh, second question from Matt. Hey, are you also saying Chicago? Oh, no. Uh, I went to Hawaii once when I was younger. Hawaii Thanks. seems pretty good dope. Hawaii was cool. I don't really remember much from it, but it was cool. Pretty far. Um, second question. Which year was the best year of music, in your opinion? Oh. Ever or when I was alive? Ever. Uh, I guess ever. Both. Yeah. So the, the great thing about Matt is he lets us interpret his questions in what way fit. we want to. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, let's, let's do some research. I wasn't prepared for this question. I'll go, I'll go first just because I do have an answer on my mind. Uh, 2018 for me, great year of music. Astroworld, phenomenal album. You had Beer Bongs and Bentleys, another great album. What else? Champion. I have a champion, Meek Mill championships poster actually above me. You have Die Lip, Playboy Cardi. Great, great year of music, in my opinion. Hmm. It's got to be one of the years of, in the 70s. I'm trying to find like what year. Like dark, dark Side of the Moon came out in 73. <clears throat> Houses of the Holy came out in 73. But I feel like there might be like a better Pink Floyd, like Led Zeppelin combo. 73. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath came out in 73. 73 is the leader in the clubhouse. 73. Yeah. Okay. I definitely found my pick. Um, 1991. Nevermind came out. Losing My Re- Religion, REM. That album came out. Um, some some Boys to Men also came out in 91. So that was a pretty... Some Boys to Men. Pretty good year. Uh, Enter Sandman came out that year too. Yeah, November Rain. That's a quality song. I'm stuck between 2010 and mm. 2012. Okay. What, a, what, what Give us the baseline. What are we working with? Well, with so years? it's a it's a fight on styles of music. Okay. 2012 had Taylor Swift. 2010 had my dark twisted. You got to give it to 2010, Clausen. I feel like it's 2010. I'm it's trying 2010. to see what else. It's the best album of all time. What else came out in 2010? It's not his best album, but it's a damn well, good Wait, album. wait, wait. It's not, not his best album? No. What's his best album? Graduation. Graduation. Thank no, Me Later, Drake came out in 2010, too. All right, yeah, 2010. Okay. All right. Katy Perry, Teenage Dream and Recovery came out in 2010. It's 2010. 2010, Katy Perry. That was prime, prime Katy Perry. Hard to beat. <laughs> not, not many people better than that. Prime Katy Perry appeared right about right about the time I started hitting puberty. <laughs> solid, solid timing. I'm gonna go 73. Those are all the questions from Matt. Uh yeah, he asked us if we could uh do a game show draft, but we can save that. 
yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that uh, at a later. Or of or a all time villains draft. I think. Well, we'll put a pin in both those ideas. We need we need content. We need all the content saved that we can we can stockpile up. Yeah, I mean, they're, really they're meeting again tomorrow. Who knows? I mean, they might make some progress. Maybe once this comes out, we'll all look like clowns, and that'll be a season. We won't have to worry about any of this anymore. Doubtful. If they had a season. Do you think? Yeah. What's what's your uh, what's your guess right now? Of. <sighs> um. I would be stunned if they started on time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to one agent and they were like, yeah, they could start as late as June. And I was like, fuck you for saying that. I'd really hope that that's not the case. They can't, the sport cannot afford to do that. They simply cannot. So we'll see. I'm like the fact that they're meeting, the fact that the players came off of the whole like we want to reach free agency sooner thing i think that's going to speed up the process because if they stuck with that the owners are that's why i tweeted like a couple weeks ago i was like isn't the solution to this to just reach arbitration sooner because then the the owners get to control the players the same amount of time it's just that they've got to pay them more accordingly sooner so i was like i feel like that's a fair compromise but apparently the owners were like yeah never mind about the whole six years like reaching free agency sooner thing i was like i don't know why they didn't counter with that like that just seems like the very fair solution where everyone gets what they want um <clears throat> but since they took that off the table uh yeah I, I could see that speeding up the process i think one of the most infuriating things to me is coming off of 2021 that was one of the more exciting baseball seasons i had seen in a long time I mean, 2018 will always kind of hold a place because that team is a wagon. But just like league-wide, 2021 was a fun-ass year. Yeah. And now we're just stopped. Yeah. I mean, like the home run race at one point was like Shohei Otani, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Vladdy Jr., and like all these young studs Yeah, just mashing <laughs> bombs. And then you just want to be like, all right, well, we're going to take a timeout. And then there's like Jacob DeGrom, who was, if he didn't get hurt on all time pace. Right. The playoffs were great. People loved baseball, feel the dreams, like all that oh. big stuff. Now That's we got a good year. It was a good year. Bastards. It was a great year. And they fucked it up. Well, not yet, but kind of. <laughs> they're virgin on it. Soon to be. Yeah. Even the fact that they're thinking about it pisses me off. Steve? What's up? So you good? Yeah, I'm good. Great. Good, Great. What? You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm always good. Never not. What time, what time is your first class tomorrow, Steve? 2 p.m. Last semester. Yep. You're gonna graduate, Steve? Yep. Hell yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. What's what's your degree in? I'm a communication media practices major. So okay. my capstone is actually uh CMN seven seven two podcasting they give out degrees for podcasting now that's just my capstone class it's a communication is like an umbrella thing that uh, i specialize in media you can specialize in business so i'm specializing in media and like specifically like podcasting interesting that shit wasn't even like available to me yeah pretty crazy 2022 yeah the fuck i don't even think i took like a media class ever what was your least favorite college class of all time? 
uh, liberal arts math. <clears throat> liberal arts math? That, that is a wild combination. That's like an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, right. Liberal, liberal arts math was the dumbest fucking thing. And like, in order to, I took it like five times because they were like, yeah, you need to pass this class to, to graduate. And I was like, fuck you. I mean, I don't want to take this. And I basically convinced them to let me take statistics instead. And then <clears throat> when I took that class, my professor was like an AAU umpire. So he loved baseball and every paper that I wrote was on like baseball statistics. So that was the only way that I graduated college was because I had to pass one math class and I couldn't pass liberal arts math, which I, I'm not even exaggerating. I probably took it four or five times. I was like, let me just try a different professor. Like maybe if someone else explains this to me, then I'll get it. Never got it. Um, and then I took statistics and just basically wrote everything about baseball. And then I got an A and I, and I graduated. What do they teach you in liberal arts math? It, I wish I could go back and get you the syllabus or the book or any of like the tests that I took. None of it, none of it made sense. It was like trying to explain hieroglyphics to me. I did not understand any of it. I don't think I passed any tests that I took. I would basically just hang in for like six weeks, know that there was no chance I could even pass the course. And then I would drop it. Like I never failed it. It just got to a point where it's like, all right, I don't think even if you got a hundred, if you hundred it out, I don't think that you still pass this class. So it was a nightmare. Hey, math. Not yeah, good. Math sucks. Math sucks. Math sucks. Yeah. You're an accounting major. Yeah. Math sucks. sucks. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, what's, uh, what's time bloom up to anything? Probably nothing. I don't think he can be. That's a good point. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's just posting up. What do you think uh, his first first move of business is once, once if if or when this lockout is ever done? I mean, it should be hiring Coley. I think um, you know the guy does enough <clears throat> unpaid freelance work for the organization that it's about time that his efforts have been recognized officially by the organization with a full time offer. Um, when we had Heim on the show, I asked him. I was like. If you hire Coley, um, can he still do the podcast? And he was like, I think I'm kind of living proof that you can work for the organization and do the podcast at the same time. And I was like, that's fair. That's fair. So that's what I hope the first move is. Um, I'm all for that. I'm all for <clears> that. I think it'd be, great. it'd be great. He deserves it. He deserves it. Great guy. Coley. You, uh, you guys got anything else before we close up the ninth? Got a hot take, Jared? hot take i think my hot take from the last time i was that was still checks out that would still it's still flaming hot and it's still, still in play still in play yeah yeah what did i say that the the white Sox, padres and one other team would win a world series before the yankees did i think i think the you mets. said the mets yeah the mets, the mets are looking good Meet did the i say mets. That one of those teams or all three of those teams would win a world series before the yankees won their next uh, I feel like we put us. I feel like we posted that somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. I'm pretty sure you said all three. I think you said all three too. Hmm. Looking pretty good. I remember people were upset about that. Rightfully, I don't know why. I mean, it's it's true. It's gonna a happen. Fact. It's and it's yeah. still in play. It is still in play. As long as they Brian Brian is Brian Cashman still there? They get rid of him. No, he's still chilling. 
He's he was I saw something. He's doing like he's joining the guy in the uh color commentary booth for a couple of games. Really? I think so. Hmm. Thought I heard that somewhere. Interesting. Uh hold on. Uh it's a video. Um, the Padres, White Sox, and Mets will all have won a World Series before the Yankees win their next World Series. There you go. There you go. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. It's a great take, though. That's a, that's that's a, a great take. take. Fantastic. A great take. I think every time I come on, I'll just add another team to the list. All right. I like that. What's uh, what's number four? All right. So the White Sox, Mets, Padres, and the Blue Jays. I knew you were saying that. Will all win a World Series before the Yankees win their next. Book it. Book it. Hot take. Yeah, Steve, can you, you put that the, in there? Yeah, I'm gonna put the sound in. All right, sweet. We gotta have the John Cena sound for whenever we use a hot we have a hot take. Okay. So just because cool. you know, nobody's nobody's copyrighted us for anything yet. So we're just gonna oh, it's coming. keep riding. <laughs> yeah, they'll get you eventually. <laughs> yeah. I think John Cena actually shows up at your door, Steve, and just like comes in and tackles you. Hey man. That's how it works. I met John Cena once. better than an audit. Oh yeah, true. Met, how uh, how how was that? John Cena on the on it was actually <clears throat> Super awkward. I met John Cena on opening day 2018 when uh, I think the Red Sox got walked off by the Rays. Yeah, in Tampa. I remember that game. Joe yeah. Kelly kind of – Joe was, Kelly blew it. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that was a tough one. The Red Sox were like – that had that game in, in control until they didn't. Eduardo um, Nunez inside the park home run that game. Yeah. Yeah. And then I met John Cena, and he was very – like robotic and quiet and I don't want to say timid, but he was quiet and not charismatic. And then um, we found out like a few months later that like, that was the day that Nikki Bella dumped him. So we were like, Oh, Ooh. that's why he was acting like that. Like a sad puppy. Like you get a free pass, John Cena. We've all been there. We've all been dumped. It sucks. He, uh, he just was on PMT. I think recently. Yeah. And, uh, I, I didn't listen to it because I don't really listen to part of my take that often. But my roommates both said that it was uh, one of one of the harder harder listens of the interviews as of as of late. Yeah, he he takes himself very seriously. Yeah, what he, just like like cringy or sad? I guess they were just trying to you know like joke make some jokes, and he just was like, "No, we're not going to joke today about that." <laughs> we're not do it. What did they say to him? I don't know. You can just go listen to it. I guess. Yeah, free ad. Free yeah. ad. Come on. Free ad. Shameless plug. Shut up, big cat. Yeah, I'll have to listen to it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear anything about it, but yeah, I, I could. It's, it's weird how he can be fun sometimes, and then he can be like that sometimes. I don't know. But when you're that famous and you've done that many interviews, I get that sometimes you're just not in the mood, and I mean that's kind of two times now that he just wasn't in the mood. <laughs> Yeah. His dealings with Barstool. So there you go. All right. Let's close out the ninth here. Um, yeah. 
would uh we got one one final thought each Clawson, you want to lead us off i would just no. hoping you wouldn't pick me to go first well i, I can go <laughs> i can go um got to be on your toes little known fact about about steve that is that in my free time when i'm not at school i will occasionally substitute teach for the public school uh town or the public schools of the town neighboring my hometown, which I don't think we've ever revealed where we all live. So we're going to stick with that. Um, and one time I was subbing for the high school and a kid had a section 10 shirt on. This was post us oh, talking I'm... to you. And I was like, ah, you like section 10? I, I know those guys. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, no, you don't. I was like, yeah, I do. And I ended up getting into like a borderline an argument with a 14 year old about whether or not I knew Jared Carabas. This was uh, before we went to the game together too. So I was like, yeah, I've talked to them online. He's like, yeah, I bet you online. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah, she lives in a different, she lives in a different state, but like we're dating. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That is troubling that 14 year olds are listening to section 10. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that kid that, uh, that roused Pat light, uh, on the round table when I was on, he's like, he was like 15. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was yeah, actually great. Pat. Yeah. yeah, poor Pat. I mean, he's he's handled it great though. Like yeah. Pat, for as much of a beating as he's taken on the show so far, he's taken it all in stride. It's just I like Gone Bridge Pro Pat Light podcast. Yeah, and well, you shouldn't be if he doesn't come on. Yeah, I mean, we'll we we're not big we'll, enough to burn we'll bridges it. like that. You here. should give him an ultimatum. Just be like, if you don't come on by the time. But if you have until opening day to come on gone bridge. Okay. The problem, the problem is he'll just. Mm. The, the funny part too. Or what though? Or what? Or you can never come on ever. And he should want to come on. Cause I feel like if, if section 10 fans hate him, they will like him. If he comes on gone bridge, if he stiffs you guys, there's no chance that, that, any fans of any Red Sox podcast would like Pat. Yeah. Okay. All he, right. He follows like the hashtag like Red Sox or like hashtag baseball on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So whenever we use those hashtags, it appears in his feed and he's liked like a bunch of our posts. Like he's seen us before. I know it. I mean, I've talked about you guys to him. Hey, nothing. Oh. All right. Listen, I'm going to look in the camera right now. Pat Light, you've got until opening day to come on Gone Bridge. Or else, you'll never. The offer, the offer is withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forever. They we only have forever. We only have one person on our our shit our, list. Our black our blacklist is one person long. Who is it? Darnell McDonald. <laughs> oh, what happened? Uh, he said he was going to come on twice, and then both times he just did not show up. He did that to us too. Really? really? Wow! Yeah. What no an asshole. He did that to us too, but I mean, I, I just got his number recently. So, I mean, like we'll probably try again, but um, we teased the guests for this week that I said, and now I'm going to ask him about it. That's going to be my first question to the guest uh, on section 10 this week. Cause I was like, yeah, it's another Red Sox hall of famer. And then I looked up the Red Sox hall of fame and he's not in there. And I was like, uh, he should 1000% be in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. So I'm going to ask him about that because there might be some bad blood there. There might be some beef. So we're going to okay. get to the bottom of it. All right. There you go. Um, I My closing out the ninth thought, um, 
Jared, do you know how fast you can throw a baseball? Right now? Yeah, like just. <sighs> um, I have no idea. I mean, like when we were in spring, when we were in Astros camp in 19, the hardest I threw was 82. And then when we did the speed pitch thing with White Sox, Dave, the fastest I threw was like 74. Uh, but I was also at that time, probably like 35 pounds lighter. So I think I'm definitely stronger now. I would say I could probably get you. I could probably get you 80. If I had time to warm up, if I had time to warm up and like, how big of a sample is it? How many pitches do I get? You can throw until your arm falls off if you want. Okay. Um, if I got warm ups and then threw like 30 pitches, I might be able to get you 80. Okay. We, um, actually, guys, I found where we talked about this. It was the episode after Jared came on, it was episode 11. We talking about being able to throw 90. Yeah, exactly. Um, given six months, do you think any of us could do it now? No. I don't think so either. No. Clausen. Well, here's the, here's the catch. Here's the, I'm, I'm not saying right now. I'm saying you give us a professional pitching coach, Mm-mm. and I th- they said a year. I think six months. I think it's – I don't – I think, like, what, what can you throw right now? I haven't touched – I haven't thrown a baseball and, like, actually tried to throw a baseball as hard as I could – since probably middle school. Okay. There's no, no chance any of you can touch 90. I think you need six months in a professional, like it, it's kind of like, staff. it's kind of like, um, like when we were in elementary school and we had art class and they told us to draw shit, some of the kids could draw like, wow, like this is like, you can actually draw. And some of the kids, it was like just scribbles. And it's like, all right, you have no natural ability to do this. Some people have natural ability to do it and then you can practice it and you can massage it until it becomes like an elite level of something. But I don't, if, if there are just some people that no matter how much you try and how much you practice and train will never be able to throw 90 miles an hour. Like it's just not something that, it's not a skill that you can work hard to achieve. Like there needs to be a baseline level of like a gift because yeah, I agree with you. Everybody's got a ceiling. Yeah. Like mechanically, like if you were to like watch me pitch, you'd be like, that guy can throw 90. And then you look at the gun and oh, it's so like you think you 75. Can throw 90. No, I can't. Oh. Oh, okay. Like if I, tr- if I trained, like I have the mechanics to do it. I'm, I'm throwing as hard as I can. And I'm not like, I'm like pretty athletically built. And the hardest that I was throwing was low eighties. So I don't think any amount of weighted ball training or like leg press and all this shit. Like, I don't think that I could throw 90 miles an hour. Yeah. It's all split squats and bicep curls. It's true, but there's a lot of shoulder strength in there too. So I don't, I just, I think it's, I think it's, you have to have the gift and then you can kind of like groom it to, you know, get to 95, 96.
but some of like most of the people that can throw 90, they're not really trying. It's like in high school, it's just like, yeah, you know, I threw 90 miles an hour when I was a fucking sophomore in high school. Yeah. And they just, then they train, then they can get up to 96, 97 because they worked at it. But a lot of people that throw 90, they just rolled out of bed one day and they were able to throw 90. Well, how about this? Out of the three of us, who do you think could throw the hardest? Clausen. What? Ability. It just frame. How tall are you? Six two. Yeah. Like he has the he has the the body for it. But I mean he has I think I could throw harder than Clausen. Right now? Yeah, right this second. I honestly think Steve could. How tall are you, Steve? I'm five nine, but I am way stronger than Clausen. You can you can like functionally lift more than me. Look at yeah. Philip Valdez. He's like 170. I also, I also played baseball for longer than you too. That is did true. You play, did you play varsity? Uh, I played in like fall ball. I so ran, no. I decided to run track instead of uh, play ball. So I played fall ball on a club team. I think the answer to this question is that not a single person on this call, no matter how much they tried and no matter how much dedication and weightlifting and training, no one here is ever going to throw 90 miles an hour. If I have to play the underdog so role, talk about. if I have to play the underdog role, though, I will gladly take that. I'll gladly take that. Freddie, you're in the best best spot because there's no expectations. I know. So when I throw ninety, did you did you play baseball in high school? No, I was I was a hockey guy. I was a hockey guy. I played baseball up until eighth grade, and then actually, funny, uh, my freshman year of hockey, I was like, I was a shrimp coming into high school. I was like. Five one, five two, like one twenty five, and I got some varsity time. First, uh, or first shift of the game, I was coming up the boards and I got checked so hard into the boards that like my shoulder, like just one of the bones in it broke. So after I had a decent arm when I was in like middle school. After that, my shoulders just been like kind of fucked ever since. I don't like to bring that up on the show because Mm. it kind of the Vegas odds don't like to hear that. It's true, but. You know, you got to play the part. So I think I could do it. I give it a 0% chance. Thanks, Jared. (laughs) Not throwing 90 is so hard. No, it's it's not. Yeah. It's weird because like, um, like I've, I've seen 90, like when we played the uh, field of dreams game, I guess like the, either the first or the second kid that came out to pitch against, I think it was the first kid that I faced. He was throwing like low 90s. And it didn't look, it didn't look like 90 because I guess um, like Eric Sim, he had, he had the radar gun there for when he was pitching and they were kind of just keeping the clock for everybody. And when I was in the box, I came back to the dugout and they were like, what's he got? And I was like, I don't know, like high seventies or whatever. And then we went over to the people that had the gun and were like, he just, he just threw like 91. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I don't know. It just didn't look, it didn't sometimes. And it's because of the spin rate. 90 can look like 78 and then 90 can also look like 96 too. I mean, it it really depends, but to be able to throw it, it's, it's, I think it's a lot more difficult than, than most people realize. Definitely tough. Clawson, you got to close out the ninth thought. Yeah. I was just thinking, um, or you got any notes for us too? uh, I suppose this is my, uh, so later on in my high school career, they I think they had a different JV baseball coach in my high school all four years I was there. 
Um, and they ended up my senior year, they brought in this guy who's like dad was like the big time, like basketball coach, like 20 years ago, whatever. And he comes in and I remember hearing this story that me and the, the head coach of the varsity team were pretty close and he's going on. He's like, you know, oh, like, like JV practice. It was a shit show. Or no, actually, it was the freshman coach. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, wait, no, no, it's JV. My bad. So he's like, yeah, JV practice was a shit show. He started throwing curveballs at him and all these kids are whining. They're like, we'll never see a curveball. Like, what are you like? What are you doing? None of them could hit it. And he's just like yelling at these kids. He's like, this is JV baseball. Like you go up one more level, you're going to see a curveball the whole time. Who the no, hell isn't throwing curveballs even in JV though? I saw curveballs in like middle school. Yeah. I don't That's know. Wild. The varsity team, I remember had a, had a tough time hitting, hitting curves too. Yeah, I'd imagine. <laughs> System wasn't no good. <laughs> they, didn't, they hadn't seen one until varsity. That's all I do is hammers. <laughs> Jared, you got to close out the ninth thought? Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess like the David Ortiz Hall of Fame thing. I don't know <clears throat> because I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about Dustin Pedroia's Hall of Fame case. Um, I think he's like fringe. I mean, if you look at Pedroia's career numbers and you compare them to a guy like Buster Posey, it's if everyone's so, like, yeah, like everyone talks about Buster Posey and they're like, yep, first ballot, no doubt. Then you compare the two careers and it's like, they're pretty comparable. Um, but the point I was going to make was that like David Ortiz going into the hall of fame, that might be like the last piece of my childhood to really say goodbye type deal. Like once he goes into the hall, Will there be someone else from like my childhood to go into the hall of fame? Probably not. So like, I, I want to make sure that I process and soak in all of this with, with him going in, because I don't think if, if Pedroia doesn't go in, uh, that's really it from like that generation. So like Pedro is already in Ortiz is in Nomar's not getting in. Manny is probably not going to get in. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm just going to have some perspective tomorrow with David Ortiz. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch. So it's gonna be uh it's gonna be we'll see. I think he'll get in. Obviously, well actually we said he's he's in. So. He's in. Congrats to David Ortiz. Yes, congratulations, congratulations. David Ortiz, first battle hall of famer. And Jared, thank you. Uh thanks for coming on again. We appreciate it. Had had a ton of fun tonight. Thank you for having me. Um if Steve wins again this year, I'm gonna be very fucking pissed. So well, listen, we're still waiting on the audit from the 2021 results. And let it be known again, I voted for Steve. And then yeah. Steve voted for now. Steve. Let yeah. it be known. So with that being Clausen? Can we see the can we go back and look right now and see what it was? I don't think so. Uh, I have no idea how to do that. I don't uh, think, don't think we can do that. But with that being said. Thanks again, Jared, for coming on. We're, uh, we recorded the outro with Jared to this episode, and then we realized that we should probably talk a little bit about David Ortiz getting in the hall. Uh, we recorded with Jared a couple days ago. So, obviously, we predicted that he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, as you heard. Uh, we recorded that a little bit before he got into the hall. But now that he's into the hall, we got to talk about it. 
Huge deal. David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer, 77.9%, headed to Cooperstown by himself in 2022. It's the, it's the ideal scenario. It's the ideal scenario. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about totally ideal. A couple guys probably should have gotten in. Well, no. I mean, from, from Ortiz's sake. It's, I guess. Yeah. I mean, for we Poppy, can, we'll talk more about that. It, yeah, it couldn't be better for Poppy. I mean, he's the only one going in. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. People said it couldn't be done because Andrew is choking. Andrew Gardner is, might be dead, folks. Woo! I got a good uh, – my, my lungs are just obliterated right now. It's really cold outside. I was just outside doing cardio. Not a good deal. You weren't doing cardio. Would you not call playing hockey cardio? You could just say – when you say cardio, it sounds like you were running. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was outside playing hockey, and my lungs are now screeching for air. So, Steve? Yeah, David Ortiz, Hall of Famer, first ballot, alone. Are you excited? You don't seem excited about it. I mean, have you ever known me to be super excited about anything? Um, only about gin. Yeah. What did you say, Clausen? That was the old Steve. Yeah. This Steve Never. doesn't care about anything anymore. No. That's Once you hit 21, it's just downhill from there, folks. Yeah. Really do, you equate, do you equate your, your lack of excitement and happiness like kind of depleting away to when we started this podcast? No, but it, it happened around the same time that I got on exec, and those were pretty much back-to-back months. So, Steve, are you are you doing okay? Do you yeah, need, we can yeah. talk this out. I'm I'm good, man. I'm great. I'm not on exec anymore. I'm free. Okay. I almost fucking died there. In case you didn't see. No, I didn't. Not really. Are you in? Are you sitting back in your chair and you sat back too far? Yeah, I usually got to push my chair back a little bit, and I usually get to the point where I'm like, all right, I can hit my bed, and I just wasn't hitting my bed. Funny story. Uh, first week of my freshman year, I was sitting uh, in Philly with a bunch of people. I only knew, like, one or two of them. So, you know, first week of school, you're trying to meet everybody. And uh, I was used – because in my in our, in our rooms, we have, like, the, the chairs that kind of, like, swing back a little bit. They got that little thing. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit back a little bit. And I sit back and just fucking fall all the way back, pull my food off the table, falls on the ground. Disastrous. Disaster. I was, I was sitting in – it was my first day of class on Tuesday, and it was my second class of the day. And we have, like, these rolling chairs, and mm-hmm. they have, like, outlets on the floor. But the outlet box had fell through the floor, so there was just a hole in the floor. And uh, I was, like, rolling around just, like, in class, and all of a sudden, like, one of the legs of my chair just went through this hole and I was like, I, I thought I was going down. I didn't, I shaved myself. Didn't cause too much of a distraction, but it's embarrassing. First day of class. What are you gonna do? First day of class. Embarrassing. Now you're you're your chair and hole kid for the yeah. rest of the semester. I walked in today and everyone started laughing and they're like, Oh, you're that you're that chair and hole kid, aren't you? Yeah. I remember I you. Now. I that's can't what remember. I'm that's yes. what I'm gonna call you now. Chair and hole kid. Yep. Yeah. All right. David Ortiz. Speaking of chair and whole kid, uh, David Ortiz, yeah, Hall of Famer. What a tank. <laughs> Clawson, that was a seamless transition. Good seamless transition. Um, yeah, so he's headed to Cooperstown July 24th. It's going to be his induction ceremony. Um, 
not much of a surprise that uh, the later this went on, this you know, say so as we were tracking the ballots that he was going to get in. Uh, I thought there was still a chance Bonds and Clemens were going to get in. They finished at sixty six percent, still well short of where they needed to be. Steve, I know you're not happy about this. I'm not happy about this. What are what was your gut reaction when you saw that? Uh, I was not surprised. There was no shock in my system whatsoever, but I was disappointed because I'm firmly in the party where you've the most home runs of all time and you're seven time MVP and like an eight time gold Glover. And you probably had a hall of fame career before you even started taking steroids. You should probably be in the hall. And then as far as Clemens go, he's got like the most Cy Youngs ever and an MVP. So he's probably in the hall too. This is like one of the best pitchers ever. But baseball people, baseball writers are old and boring, and that's why we should get the votes instead of them. That was that's my new argument. I think we should get all the votes. I saw a tweet last night from I actually asked Austin about this from Ian Happ, who said that players who accumulate ten plus years of service time should be eligible for a vote. What do you think about that? Austin's shaking his head. Why not, Austin? Well, because then I think that like 10 years, like these guys are going to be voting for their teammates. You end up skewing the vote. Uh, I, I feel like maybe a little bit, not enough to the point where you're, you're getting, like, well, like what we're talking about is like giving guys like AJ Przinsky a Hall of Fame vote. No, you think they do that? I think they do the service. What? 10 years of service. No, I mean, oh, like, a guy like AJ Przinsky. Every yeah. guy who's been on the Hall of Fame ballot has to have 10 years of service. So most every guy you see on the ballot would get a vote. But I'm saying, like, you're just giving, like, random people who are unqualified to, like, okay. I don't know, like, do you really want A.J. Pruszynski voting no. for you? Probably not. No, absolutely not. That's what I mean. Absolutely not. Like, you're just giving, you're just, like, random votes. Like, sure, these guys have been in the league for 10 years. They have to be decent. But, like, I don't know. Do you want Pablo Sandoval casting a Hall of Fame vote? I don't. No, maybe it should just be like eligible for to get a vote. Yeah, like maybe maybe get, there's that you, like there's a, a way to make the pool smaller. Maybe there's a bigger process. That maybe I, Hall of Famers should have a Hall of Fame vote. Oh, okay, I like that. If you get in the hall, you get a vote. I like that a lot. You, now here's here's the thing. You think a lot of those guys would vote vote for Bonds and Clemens, or do you look at those guys and you say? You know, these are the guys already in the hall. Do you think they want their names associated with guys who possibly took steroids? Because there were uh, – I forget. I think Joe Morgan was one of them. There's another Hall of Famer who died recently um, who they were like anti-Bonds and Clemens and anybody steroids, McGuire, Canseco, uh, for years, for years. And they are like, don't let them in here with us. So I, you think they get a lot of support from those guys? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And that's what would be good about it. They have the credentials to be able to dictate whether or not somebody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, a guy like Poppy, he's probably voting for his buddy Manny, regardless of steroids or no steroids. So, you know, it's probably just it would be a lot of bias. But like, is that better or worse than having these 100 year old men? try and figure out like what baseball is in 2022 who are also biased there's no perfect situation yeah it's we're we're humans man maybe uh 
Maybe we should just make it random. Hall of Fame's random. Just oh, no, I, I have an idea. I have an idea. One vote per year. Give it to Dan Shaughnessy. And basically his vote is like picking out of a hat. Jeff well, Kent would Jeff Kent's a Hall of Fame ten years ago. No, I know. Is there anybody who likes Jeff Kent more than Dan Shaughnessy? No. When he won MVP, it must have been like his birthday or something. It had to have been. I didn't really know who Jeff Kent was until I saw the ballot like last year. I didn't realize he was like that, that good. I don't either. I don't think anybody did. 30% of the vote. I was talking to my dad about that. He's like, this Jeff, he's like, Jeff Kent's not a Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer. I was talking to somebody and they like, they hadn't seen all the voting percentages. They're like, oh, like how close did Shaughnessy's boy make it? I was like, not even halfway, pal. Like, not even close. Nope. The funny thing is, is like he, it's so obvious he purely does that for attention. Cause if he actually did that to do that, like, uh, it's not like that vote has no, no pull in anything. That one vote for Ken. I get it. But, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Ortiz here. Um, I think for the Red Sox, I mean, it's great, but I think for the city of Boston, we talked a little bit about this with Jared, just how great this is for the city, how big of an impact Ortiz had on everybody. And I mean, certainly, you know, we're only 20, 21 years old, the most memorable career that we've seen play out with the Red Sox. And honestly, like seeing his reaction seeing the announcement that he was in, um, it was it was like, you know, it was it was a little emotional for me. I was like, holy crap, like Ortiz is in like it was like a whole like just accumulation of of like your childhood. Yeah, it's super weird because, you know, I thought it was weird when he retired when I was like 16, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it just weird now. It makes me feel like I'm getting old even though like we're still obviously all very quite young and I mean Ortiz is I was having this conversation with my friend texting him about it the other day he said that Ortiz is perhaps the most important athlete in like Boston sports history mine is Tom Brady I was gonna say I think you can make an argument for him or Brady I mean, Brady's the greatest, is what he said, but important. Okay. I mean, Ortiz broke the curse. He gave the speech after the Boston Marathon bombing. He just kind of, like, represents the city of Boston, I think, more than Brady does. I agree. The cultural icon of the city. Yeah. He's he's also embraced the city more than 99% of athletes do when they come to Boston. I mean – a guy who's also done like done that is his buddy Pedro Martinez. Uh, you know, we Boston's a city where you come in. It doesn't matter if you play for the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Bruins, or the Patriots. We're, the the fans are going to be hard on you. And to make an impact, I mean, obviously you got to be good, but to also have the personality to be literally the most likable guy in the city. I mean, Ortiz did that so easily, and. Um, He's just, he's so, he's so welcomed into the city. It's like, it's like he's lived there his whole life now. And to think that when we were born and the first couple of years of our life, like he still wasn't even on the team. It's, it's crazy how big of an impact he had so quickly. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing with Boston, like you were just saying, as a sports city, I feel like athletes either love playing in Boston or they hate playing in Boston. And that's because the fans are super tough on their on the athletes. And if you come in here and you produce and you lead a team to three World Series rings, then people are going to love you forever. I mean, I think on the Section 10 interview with Tim Wakefield recently, he Wake said that he like he hasn't paid for a beer in the city of Boston like in the past like 40 years or something like that. I don't even know what it was, but how old do you think that guy is? I don't know. <laughs> Wakefield? <laughs> Certainly not 61. I can tell you that. Yeah. 30 years. You get what I'm saying. Not not a lot of payment for uh, you know, said said beverages. Yeah. I will say this. Sorry, Steve, were you gonna finish? No. Okay, okay. Um there is no higher of highs and there's no lower of lows in all of sports when it comes to Boston and the impact that the players can make on the city. And David Ortiz is the example of when everything goes right, when you perform, when you are the man, everybody loves you. You are looked upon as a literal God, not only in the MLB or not even in the city in the whole league. And we have seen so many guys come in, especially to the Red Sox, um, Crawford, Sandoval, uh, you know, we've seen a couple pitchers where it's not as bad um, and guys at times when they struggle and it is just the pits, like they're, they're booed, they're everything. And when a guy is able to come in and do what he does in Boston well, it's it, to me, it is so impressive. It is so impressive. There, there's just there's a special aspect to a player, I think, that it takes to do well in Boston. And not everybody has that. And we've we've seen star players come in again and just not perform well. So I mean, Ortiz intangibly, I guess you could say, goes down as the best clutch hitter of all time. There's no way of quantifying that, but but we all know, know it's true. It's oh, true. One thing about Ortiz is when he came in to Boston. His, the expectations on him were lower when compared to like signing a, a star free agent, something like that. So I don't know. The, the situation is always what makes a person. So I, yeah, that's just uh, worth saying. No, that I, I agree with that. Um, there were definitely certainly lower expectations for him when he first came in. I mean, I was reading an article uh, from when he got released for the Twins where they picked, I don't even remember the guy's name, picked him up off the roll five draft from Texas. And they were like, yeah, we wanted to find David a home, but we just couldn't. Um, so low expectations. I mean, they bring in David off of, off of, off of waivers, not even waivers, just, you know, out of free agency, low expectations, 31 home runs his first year, I believe somewhere around there. And then 47, just, just godlike. And again, just the impact that he had on the field, the first world series since 1918, and then we saw him do it again in 07, 2013. The Red Sox don't win the 2013 World Series without David Ortiz. He had like 800 in the playoffs. I think the he was unbelievable. And I believe the rest of the team hit lower or like around 100. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that is accurate. I just remember that those that World Series, even that whole playoffs, the offense kind of struggled. I mean, 
they won some one nothing games against Detroit, like four to two games, like low scoring games. And I remember that whole series against St. Louis. I remember guys like Nava and Gomes and Napoli coming up, Middlebrooks. I swear, like, I mean, you can you can look at the the box scores. Every time I was like, uh, they're just going to strike out or something. And then Ortiz would come up and just do something magical. I mean, I still get chills from the Grand Slam and the ALCS game too. Like Dave O'Brien's call. I got to say, I'm not a big Dave O'Brien guy. Kind of nailed that one. Um, just his legacy is going to live on forever. And he needs a statue outside of Fenway. Yeah, he does need some something, a statue, something like that. They named a bridge after him. Yeah. Give him uh, wait, wait, the Gone Bridge? They can just change that, yeah. If they make that the Gone Bridge and then put a, put a statue of him, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I think we all would. Wait, we should be the sponsor. Actually, we don't have any money. Never mind. I was going to yeah. say, we can sponsor David Ortiz Bridge to be the – the gone David Ortiz bridge, but we don't have any money. No, no money. We have yeah. um, what would you guys say was best memory of David Ortiz? I mean, I, I literally remember watching him make the speech after the marathon, which was like a surreal like experience. So, I mean, that that's just like a whole nother thing that that's beyond baseball. But as far as I guess baseball, I mean, his grand slam in like the what was it the ALCS? Yeah, game two. Yeah. Joaquin Benoit. Yeah, I mean, Keith Henning. You could you this could probably pick out a number of clutch moments and hits from Ortiz, but I would probably go with that one. You got something to add? You want to add something? 2013 playoff run, bro, with the neon gloves. My roommate's saying 2013 with the neon gloves. Yeah. The neon gloves were the neon gloves were sweet. Uh, he, people also forget in that first inning of game one of the World Series, um, he nearly made it like seven to nothing in the first inning. He hit a grand slam that Carlos Beltran robbed and then like cracked a few ribs running into the fence. Yeah. Um just insane. The speech, the speech gets me every time I watch it. It's such a pump up. That whole day was unbelievable. Uh, and yeah, the fact that he went out on top as well as he did 2016. Hank Aaron award. I mean, he led the league in RBI. You can, you can argue or not whether that's a, a meaningful stat these days, but I mean, that certainly says something about the player and he looked like he could honestly play until he was, you know, the age he is right now, he could play for another couple of years. Obviously, his his body was hurting more than it than it looked, but um, he just he he put it all out there every game. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It's just uh, honestly crazy. I think to me. So, any closing thoughts on Ortiz? Um, my favorite moment was when he bashed in the bullpen phone and ball. Oh, that was, and they gave it to him. Yeah. <laughs> It did. That was that I, I remember watching that live actually, and uh, he just got he got he was pissed and didn't. I remember him uh, fighting some guy in the Orioles too over a bad strike three call, and then he like or it was a bad. I think it was the first strike bump, 
thought it was a bad call. And then he flew out and the pitcher was like jawing at him and he ran out at him. Yeah. Um, there's another good poppy moment. There are so many, there's so many, there's so many. I mean, some of the stories you hear of him in the clubhouse, like not knowing Dustin Pedroia's name for years. That's hilarious. Comical. Um, and yeah, everything he did for the community, the Jimmy fund, um, just like, I mean, it's one of the most influential Red Sox of all time. He's one of five first ballot Hall of Famers. I believe it's Williams, Yastrzemski, Boggs, Pedro Ortiz. Something like that. Um, that sounds correct. Sounds me. right. I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. Jimmy Fox? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he's first ballot. But, I mean, just so good. He's got his number retired. It's a wrap on everything. It's a wrap on everything. Um yeah, so. this, this is a, a good time for us to reveal the big news that we're having David Ortiz on the podcast next week. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't asked yeah. him yet, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our DM's been pending for a couple weeks, but I'm sure he'll see it this week. Yeah. No, it'll happen. It's coming. Um, no, will we actually never mind. Never mind. Never Stay mind. tuned. Stay tuned. We got something big planned. We got something big planned. Thank you, Clausen, for um, your always contribution. Yeah. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. We got uh, we got something in the works, which will be which will be cool. Uh, and also, I saw. I don't know if you guys were watching the actual show on MLB Network, but have you seen the Keenan Thompson, like SNL, David Ortiz skits? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're funny. Yeah. I think they're hilarious. And they were like, if they don't do a skit this weekend about David Ortiz getting in the hall, they totally blew it. So we'll have to keep, keep an eye out uh, to see if they do that because Keenan Thompson's, he's a great actor. He's nailed David Ortiz. So, um, yeah. So I think the last thing I'll say is thank you, big poppy. It's in his, his rightful place. And, uh, yeah, hell of a career, hell of a life, hell of a story. Best Red Sox players of all time. He, he's arguably the greatest Red Sox player ever. I would say he's – there's a difference between greatest and, like, most talented. Yeah. I would say he's the greatest. So, yeah, he's in the hall. Uh, obviously, no Bonds and Clemens. We'll see who gets in next year. Ballot's looking kind of weak. I think the only guy who might get in first ballot's Beltron. Andrew Jones coming soon. I bet in two years, Steve. In two years? Two years. He was he was he finished lower than I was expecting. He was only at 43%. Yeah, that's about where I thought he'd he'd end up. Um and then yeah, I think the only other first ballot guy who stayed on the ballot was um Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, I guess. He's not a Hall of Famer, but no, he's not. Um yeah, I guess I we already bone. closed. What? I got a bone to pick. I know I'm going to really close up the ninth. Oh, yeah. Uh, some stats have come across my desk. Okay. Uh, if you took out Barry Bonds, if you took all of his home runs and made them outs, his on-base percentage still higher than David Ortiz. Put the man in the hall. Put, Put the man in, in the hall. Um, the other thing that I was – when I was scrolling through Twitter, a bunch of basketball players, and I'll preference that I hate the NBA. I think everybody in it and the whole organization itself is awful. Um, 
But I saw a bunch of NBA players tweeting out about how Barry Bonds should be in the hall. And I, I don't believe that any of them knew who Barry Bonds was until about 20 minutes before they tweeted that out. Um, I feel so like, like to point that out. I feel like they see the stats and they're like, wait, this guy's the leader in home runs all the time for the MLB and he's not in the Hall of Fame? I think they looked on Twitter and, and got the trend and then decided to change a few words around and send that out. Cloud. The NBA sucks, folks. Stop watching it. I agree. We're an MLB podcast. <laughs> NBA is by far my, my least favorite league to watch, which which makes sense. I'm a baseball okay. guy. The Celtics infuriate me, too. Oh, I didn't watch a Celtics game in probably two years. Brutal. Yeah. You know, I'm going to turn it on, and they're going to be up by 40, and then they're going to lose by five. It's a Celtics for you. I've been Celtics. doing it since I've been in high school, man. There you go. Nothing better. Um. So anyway, that's a wrap. Huge episode. I don't even know what the total running running time of this is. It's this is a probably long. close to like two hours forty five no, minutes. Is, yeah, this is wicked long. Um, wicked so, long, kid. Wicked long. Wicked um, fucking long, dude. So we're gonna wrap this up here. Uh, we'll hey, re- you guys want to make See? a run at the longest podcast episode ever? Yeah. No, I kind of do. Oh, no, Clausen says. <laughs> You know what, what? You know what we should do? What? We should we should wait until like the World Series is over the day after the World Series and we can recount the like 200 days before baseball just go every day. So like, no episodes all, all season and No, we, we can do that. Oh, okay. We just like, we just go into detail about the MLB for 25 hours. What if we what if we didn't release an episode all season and then on the like every day we just write down our thoughts and then on the last day after the red sox were eliminated we pretend we go like day by day pretending like we just watched the game break it down we're like what do the red sox have to do better tomorrow and you're like i think pavetta's got to pitch well and then we're like all right so next day pavetta pitch really shitty and we just do that for like 12 hours i think the the record's probably over 24 hours it is over i think it would be like it's just like getting your your pay your pay lump sum. Longest podcast episode ever. Uh, a thirty six hour nonstop podcast wow. marathon. Mike Russell, he's a UK guy though, so we can make the US record. Yeah, but we should win outright because yeah, we. Better. I have an idea. We could challenge Section 10's four hour record, beat them, and then if they beat us, we just beat them again. Okay, I'll have to really carve out some time in my busy schedule to record for five straight hours. That is a lunacy. Uh, let's, yeah. I mean, yeah, five straight hours. Five straight hours. Power yeah. of editing uh, doesn't have to make it straight, but um, what was I going to say? Also, Steve, uh, is this going to be the last episode of Gombridge ever? Because I know you had mentioned we you were like episode 69 that's going to be the end of it yeah no yeah it was always the plan from the very the very beginning day one make it to 69 episodes uh and then stop perfect well this is the end yep so if you uh if you like this show sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) go listen to it again start from the first episode and run through you can listen to the whole 2021 season if you don't know what happened yet it's true i hope nobody spoiled it for you
Maybe we can, maybe we should disband and then re, then like rebrand as like one of our really old names. Three Ron Johnson. Johnson. Let's see what. I we still, I still think that's a really reveal, good name. <laughs> did we ever reveal the old names? We could right now. I feel like we haven't. Let's do it. If people have stuck around for this whole episode, I feel like we owe it to them. My personal favorite, um, Three Run Johnson. Okay. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to find. I so, Steve, I got it. What do you got, Clawson? You Which one? I have the one that's entitled Pod Names. Okay. Should I start? Yeah, I'll read the second, like the second picture. So there's this rounding first. Oh wait, we're, yep. Six four two. That's an awful name. I don't really get it. I don't either. It's Why a, would you throw like it back to the catcher? Second. Wait, no. Third, second, first, or third. Wait, short third, second, second home. home. No, short second home. Jesus, I don't know. Uh, six, this one's kind of funny. Five be six four, four three. Six four. I we, have five, we then have five four three triple play featuring us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, call to the bullpen. Uh, high and outside or high and inside, mm. and play at the plate. High and outside's kind of like not menacing. It's like, oh, we're gonna throw fast, <laughs> but not in at you. <laughs> it's high, but it's outside, so it's I'm not, not worried about it's it. It's not near you. And then uh, here's some of the other ones. Over slash inside the monster, which is a thing. That's yeah, no free ads. That is a thing. Pesky's pod, which is also kind of a thing. We've also been on that show. There's Uh, there's another one that has pesky in it too. uh, Seventh inning stretch, ceremonial first pitch. That one is got a lot of self love in it. (laughs) And who's your poppy? That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, And then. Steve also said uh, high cheese because then we got on the Eck the yeah. wave and we were like, let's find something Eck. So we had high cheese, Long Johnson. Nice. <laughs> Three-run three Johnson. And then we were like, eh, blah, blah, not great. Paint the corner, easy cheese, turn and burn. The turn and burn podcast. That's like the wake and rake podcast, but for base running. Yeah. Uh, burn, baby. Educated salad. <laughs> the educated salad podcast you would be like three people that know like what i don't even know what that means <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what that means no, it's just like a thing x says anything imagine goes. like everything happens to us like it does but our name is educated salad so like they're they're talking on section 10 jared's like you know i found these guys they're called the educated salad i don't think i don't think we get invited on the show i don't think so oh hi and then Steve said, current favorites, these were the finalists, three-run Johnson, easy slash high cheese, turn and burn, and going bridge. And then I said, I think my favorites are easy slash high cheese and going bridge. And then it eventually morphed into gone bridge. We said, we settled on gone bridge. And then we were like, do you prefer gone or going? We said gone. And that's how the name was born. Okay. Um, Educated salad, according to this website, is ex- explanation for a veteran finesse pitcher's repertoire. He may have great stuff, but he has learned to work 
and often succeed with what he has. What? Sounds like no, he may not have great stuff. Okay. Uh, proper use in a sentence. When he was young, Cologne used to throw gas, but now he's trying to get by with educated salad. Bartolo Cologne has not touched a salad in 20 years. <laughs> well, he might have some educated salad. Yeah. You never know. Um, you guys got anything else? Conbridge, baby. Conbridge. We hope you enjoyed this episode. This was this might have been one of my favorite episodes ever. Um, yeah, we're working on some guests for the next couple of weeks. We'll uh, try to get someone on here. Definitely not Darnell McDonald. Can tell you that. Uh, but if I'm you in- if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. Don't forget to follow us. I just said that. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify, you know, or wherever you just listen to the podcasts. Google we will podcasts. be back. What? It's a Google Podcast. Google Podcasts, Pod Bay, Pod, Pod City. I don't know. Create your own new podcast hosting site, and we can be the first ones to put our podcasts on there. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. That's some educated salad right there. That's that's that is exactly what I'm looking for, Steve. And you know what else we're looking for? Another episode. I hope. Yes, you know what I'm looking for? Yep. We're I so hope. far away. <laughs> I hope. I hope that somebody comes out with the educated salad podcast in the next few weeks. No, if someone if someone listening it. to this, we, if we someone listening, on. Yeah. No, I was gonna say if someone's listening to this and we inspired you to make your own baseball or Red Sox podcast. Uh, we have to be your first guests. That's not a that's not up for negotiation. Yeah, so. but I I don't think that we will run into that situation. So Steve, you never know. You never know who's listening. You never know who you inspire, you Steve. Know. You never know. You never know. Well. I think it's about time to wrap up this episode. I already said my spiel, so we'll be back next week with episode 70. See ya!